three, two, one. Hello. Hi, everyone. So, I'm surprised at the amount of followers we actually had before. Um, I've been reached out to several times this last week, not just by my brother, but like friends I hadn't talked to in a long time. Like, what happened to all your other episodes? Yeah. And I just explained the situation and left it at that. Uh, (laughs) My brother gave me a few considerations of like, maybe like we should look up a few things to keep the conversation rolling so we don't fall back into the same old conversation over and over again. The same old conversation he keeps listening to? Yeah. Well, and he told me, he's like, it's fine for me because uh, I know you guys. So, like... Yeah. I expect it, but like... Well, that's the point. That's the whole point, right? They need to get to know us. That's the whole point of the thing. Because Denver's never met me. But I bet you he feels like he knows me pretty well now because oh, yeah. he's listened to, to you know the podcast. And that's the point. Yeah. It's to build rapport. Yeah, but we could also like bring in other things too. Yeah. You what know? did he say we talked about? Did he give any he, examples? He he was like, You guys just have a tendency to get really drunk and go back to the same topics over and over again. Yeah, it's their important topics. <laughs> I don't know what they are, but <laughs> I think they're important. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I I told him, I, I was like, Caden and I have both addressed that on the previous episodes. Like, I'll send you the rest of what we have recorded that's not published. Yeah. And, like, I get pissed and I start yelling into the mic, like, email us, motherfuckers. Email us so we can talk about something different. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's is uh, cheapshotdiscussions at gmail.com, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, you don't want to listen to the same ramblings of two drunk guys over and over again. Then fucking do something about it. Yeah. Uh, so you are moving back up to Idaho tomorrow. I am. I'm pretty much doing what Rocky did to fight the Russian, except I'm not fighting anybody and I'm not going to Russia. <laughs> so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm moving back up with my parents to help them out with a little bit of stuff. Um, but I'm also going to reboot my dieting and I'm going to reboot my fitness. And I think isolating myself up there is going to give me a good shot at doing that because, hey, I have no friends up there. So it's perfect. Yeah. I have no distraction. Except to focus on on some goals, so. Well, I mean, you do have your family, though. Yeah, I do have and my family, but you know, <laughs> you know how that is. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Pain is temporary. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, um, you said you're gonna try to commute to do this. Yeah, it's a long commute. It's a, it's a pretty long commute. It is a pretty long commute. And we'll see what happens with the whole uh, lockdown thing because it's getting worse. Yeah. It's getting worse. I saw the uh, travel advisory saying, like, everyone should get home as fast as possible. And Duarte authorized the killing of citizens if they're in the streets. Right. And that, to to, not to scare you guys, and that's not the uh, mayor of San Jose, but rather the president of... uh, The Philippines. uh, The Philippines. Yeah. So... 
Yeah, he just authorized cops and military to kill people if they're outside of their houses. Right. Um. So. So it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean. I don't think it'll get to that here in America, but yeah, we you know, know. It, it's starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a big push for the globalization of currency during all this, um, so yeah. that's starting to happen. Yeah. Uh, God, what else has happened? Like, y- you pay a lot more close attention to like stuff that's happening on the sidelines. I remember all this the first day coronavirus was public news, and I was re- I would read it back here. And it wasn't in the U.S. yet. It wasn't even talked about being in the U.S. yet. It was still so, in, like, back in November? Yeah, it was, like, in China still. Yeah. And I remember seeing, like, oh, 100 people were infected. 100 people were infected. And then the next day, it was, like, 200 or whatever whatever it was. Like the it was, like, really growth, glo- yeah. It was, like, really low. It was, like, 11 people. A few people died in China. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it came and over here. That's around the time they released that pandemic documentary on Netflix and yeah. So it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah. I, I hope things go back to the way they were, but I know they won't like normal. I mean, yeah. I mean like this is, it's different, but it's like nine eleven level shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's because, happening. Right, because normal was always just an attractive illusion. Like if you what what is normal anyways? You can't really paint something as normal. Like we were in pretty much the matrix for a long time. Yeah, even Keanu came out and was like everyone's getting red pilled right now. <laughs> yeah, and that's what needs to happen. I mean, it's it is what needs to happen. And it is happening. Well, especially here in the Western Hemisphere, I think, like, a lot of people live in a bubble. Yeah. Like, the third world, this pandemic, like, small villages in Africa and, like, Indonesia and, uh, like, the South Pacific, Southeast Pacific. Like, this is just another fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people dying of disease. That just fucking happens. Yep. You know? Uh America, Mexico, Canada, England, Europe, like all of them are, haven't seen this in a long time. And that's why people are freaking out. I still don't know anyone who has it. I know several people that have diabetes. I know several people with <laughs> I, heart conditions. I know conditions. one person got te- that I know got tested for it. One okay. person. And but, they had it? What? And they had it? I don't know. Okay. She hasn't said. Um, I can probably reach out and ask her, but I doubt she has it. Well, and people forget to realize the recovery rate too. They don't, they're not even talking about that. Yeah. What happened to the recovery rate? It was in China, whatever the recovery rate, at least half of those people were recovered. And now I'm seeing the famous, there's famous people, old people, 75 year olds. Oh, they recovered from Corona. Like, yeah. Oh, they're not talking about that. What are they talking about? You should be very afraid and you should stay inside Stay inside, be afraid, stay away from people. And it's it's crazy because, like, when we were inundated with patients during the Spanish flu epidemic, it got to the point where, like, hospital wards back then couldn't house the amount of people that were actually infected, and they started putting them outside. And guess what? Fresh circulating air 
and the UV rays from the sunlight helped kill the virus and help people recover faster. Yeah, they were showing the uh, what, what was that? <laughs> the paper that came out that was like um, vitamin C. Yeah, was, was like just take vitamin C. Yeah, but again, the, the CDC doesn't want you to know that. You said. I'm not sure how accurate this is, but you you said that the CDC is a private company. It's a private entity, just like the the Fed or the uh, USPS. It's okay. a good, they're not technically owned by the government, but they're entities of the government that get funding, and they also can I, be persuaded. They they. I think the USPS is like. It's an odd thing, though, because that one is guaranteed to us in the Constitution. It is. It's guaranteed uh, to provide a service. And their branding went along with the United States government, but it is a, it's a private enterprise. Okay. It's private. Amazon technically could become the next one if they wanted to. Uh, it just depends what's more cost effective. It's like bidding. It's, it's, it's putting up bids for a contract. And USPS has created the illusion that they are part of the government, just like the Fed has. A lot of people think the Fed is the government. They have nothing to do with the government. No, they're just a bank, right? Yeah, they loan us money at an interest rate. Not currently, but they used to. Yeah, uh, fuck, the interest rates on mortgages just dropped again. Um, Like, down below 3%. It's fucking crazy. Yep. Um. And they're buying debt. The Fed is buying debt. Yeah. There are some people that have reported that their student loans are gone. They have just disappeared because the Fed is absorbing debt that has been put in the market, that has been written up by banks. The Fed's buying it. That, so who are these people reporting that their student loans are gone? Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't have names. Because... If that happened to Liz, we're definitely still paying somebody, and they're just making money <laughs> at right. this point. Yeah, and that's the big question is how many of these companies did get their debt bought, have, have been bought out, and are still charging you, and they're 100% profiting off of that. It's hard to, it's hard to say. Because, I mean, seriously, like student loans, um, they should be an interest-free loan. Like, yeah. Like, you should have to pay back the money, but you shouldn't be charged interest on it at all. Like, because the idea behind a student loan is they're giving you money in the I in the hopes and the idea that you're going to graduate with a degree, mm-hmm. become part of society, and further the betterment of society as a whole. Yeah. Um. So, like, the only time you should get charged interest on those student loans is if you don't complete the task of getting that degree and finding a job in that field. Yeah. And I, I think interest is fine, but the the amount that college degrees cost here is ludicrous. Yeah. I could save, I can save tens of thousands of dollars by moving to applying for a work visa or education visa, moving to a Scandinavian country or not Scandinavian, but like a European country Go to school there four years and come back, and I will have still saved money as being a resident in the state of Utah going to the U of U. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's crazy to me, and I'm, like, super grateful for my GI Bill. Yeah. But, like, the other people I'm in school with right now, 
I've been in classes, the same classes, all of the same classes as these guys for the last 18 months. Uh-huh. And it's like I haven't had to worry about footing the bill at all, period. I've had to buy a few, like, miscellaneous books here and there that weren't covered. Yeah. And maybe a lab fee or two. But, like, I haven't had to worry about tuition, period. How much is a student loan? Like, if it was a $30,000 loan, how much would the payment on that be? Or how long is the term? 20 years? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I have a hard time keeping track of it because uh, Liz's was $36,000. Uh-huh. It was cut in half by the state of California as long as she gave them two years of service, which she did. So now we're down, we, we dropped down to $18,000. We've been paying that for five years and we're still paying it. Yeah. And that's like a car loan at right. that point. And yep. we're still paying it. So I don't know. I, I, right. I don't know what the interest rate is. Um, but my point is the longer it is, the payment stay is high. And then that's where I think they get a lot of people get fucked. Well, while the payment stays low, what they do is they're like, oh, like you did with your car. We're going to finance your car at this rate. And you can have a $600 a month payment mm-hmm. for the next two years. Or you can have a $110 a month payment for the next seven years. Yeah. And um, if you do the seven years, the interest rate hasn't changed. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you're like they, they count on people thinking in the short term and going like, well, fuck, $600 a month. I can't afford that. Yeah. So I'm going to do the seven-year plan and make extra payments as I can. And how many people make extra payments? Zero. You know who I laugh at? The people that go to dentist school who come out with $600,000 in student loans. Dentists? Dentist school, dentistry school. Why? Um, because I think it's funny because they seem to be the ones that complain the most when they don't get the job afterwards. Like if you watch Dave Ramsey's show, there's all these dentists calling in being like, hello, Dave, I have a... $600,000 in student loans that I make uh, $58,000 a year. You know what's crazy about that, though? Do you know how much uh, dentistry has changed? Yeah, a lot. Our our overall health? Just uh, the fact that like people get regular cleanings and checkups? Right. The mortality rate of overall humanity just because of dentists. Yeah has dropped drastically. So let me ask you this. Is there a need for orthodontists anymore on the scale that they've been around for the past 10 years because of all these new molds that you can just send away to a factory and then they send you trays, right? Orthodontists to go to orthodontist school is very expensive. Yes. And, and they definitely have their place. Like my, I had a friend of mine, he's dead now. Unfortunately, he just like went to sleep one day and never woke back up. But, uh, he needed orthodontic work. Mm. He got in a car accident that was really horrific. It messed his face up. It like, like I'm surprised he survived it, to yeah. be honest. And um, he went through hours upon hours of just like 
life-saving surgery and then like all of the reconstruction and dental work that needed to take place after that like yeah it was a big deal um so they still definitely have their place but like when it comes to like correcting your bite or like your teeth alignment they're probably not as important anymore but like when you go to people like my friend okay like yeah they should get paid a fuck ton for like what they had to do for my friend they had to be rebuild his his jaw mm-hmm. and his um like bite and his facial profile off of a high school photograph yeah like that's how bad my friend was messed up right if you're doing that you deserve big bucks mm. you know yeah but charging people three to five thousand dollars for a set of braces for six months that's kind of unreasonable it should be like fifteen hundred bucks yeah at most it should be like basically a hundred dollars a month right and i think reconstructive reconstructive dentistry is one thing but the people that go to school i don't know there's just very strange professions in in the medical field that are uh like plastic surgery is a good example there's no telling what the future is going to be the trends change all of the time plastic surgery has been a big deal for the past 30 years maybe a little bit longer a little Um, bit longer than that but we don't know if that's going to change like we have no idea what movement humanity is going towards but but at the same time like a lot of people give plastic surgeons flack Mm -hmm. because it's like oh it's all breast augmentations and some of them do that some of them definitely are like okay yeah boobs 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 all day um but again you go back to my friend uh, not only did he need his jaw reconstructed, he needed his orbital sockets and it, like his whole facial facial structure. Right. Yeah. And we're that not, was a plastic surgeon. Yeah, we're not talking about reconstructive because I don't think anyone's anyone's arguing that reconstructive plastic surgery doesn't have its it, benefits because uh, right, right. Septoplasty is is um, plastic surgery technically. Gynecomastia removal is plastic surgery. I'm saying for cosmetic. Any cosmetic, cosmetic dentistry, cosmetic plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery in general, if you're going into that field, you may get a really good payoff in the short term, but I just don't know how sustainable it is as a long-term career choice. And to go to, to be a plastic surgeon, you have to go through damn near 16 years of school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And by the time you're out, I mean, during residency, you're still making a lot of money, but you know, there's no guarantee no, there's I not under- a guarantee with anything, but and it- I understand that, and and where I like, so I kind of have a soft spot in my, in my heart for plastic surgeons, because, mm. um, like, I mean, there are those ones out there that are just like, they do the cosmetic stuff all day every day, but there there's also quite a few that are doing the cosmetic stuff to pay off their student loans because they wanted to be able to help people like my friend, you know? Yeah. And so like, I think those are the people that are going to be in a good position if that falls apart versus like, Oh, like I'm going to lift your cheeks up over here to make you look 20 years younger or like do this or do that. 
Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the people that do that is like, like their time might come where it's like, well, we don't want to do this anymore. Like as a society and then they're out of a job, but the people that are basically doing it to pay off their debts. Right. Well, still have a place because they'll be able to continue to like help people like post mastectomy surgery like there's a lot of women out there some of them choose to to not get breast augmentation afterward mm-hmm. but uh like they get diagnosed with uh breast cancer or they find out they even have the gene for it and they just like have the tissue removed completely angelina jolie did it there's tons of people that do that. They're like, oh, I, ha- I have the gene for that. Mm. Just remove my breast tissue. And then, like, it, think about it. Like, if you're a guy, okay, and they're like, you have testicular cancer or you have the probability of testicular cancer and the fatality rate of it's extremely high, if they removed both of your testicles, would you want replacements for those? Probably. Exactly. So, like, there's a lot of people out there that want to help. Like, even with breast augmentations, like, I just want to look like myself before right. I had breast cancer. Right. So. Well, you got to, re- like, but at the same time. But, like, again, that's all reconstructive. Right. At the same time, though, how many of them would do it and really want to be, like, down for the cause if it paid forty grand a year? Very few. And that's that's, I guess... What I hate about the structural system of modern education, which is dying, thank God, um, but this idea that in, in elementary school, what do they tell you? Kids that don't go to college are less likely to make more money. Oh, that's that's changing for sure. Right. It's changing, but not only that, but when, all of a sudden, when did the money even matter in the first place? Why did we start comparing money to happiness and judging the scale of the more money that you make. He who dies with the most toys wins, man. But like I disagree. That's, but, that, like, that's the mentality. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It definitely is the mentality. But I've made less money and been happier than where I'm at now. Absolutely. Um, that's why I'm super stoked about my new job. Like, I don't care. After doing my capstone there, I don't care. I mean... You guys better not change my salary if you hear this, but I don't care how much I'd make. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would show up there and work every day because I like it. Yeah. Like I mean, I know I'm gonna have days in the future that are not good, mm-hmm. but it's nothing compared to like the other bullshit I've been through. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and. I mean, like, like I pointed out to you today, that person at the grocery store, I was like, I worked at this grocery store for my first job. That lady over there has been working here since before I started working here. Mm-hmm. She probably doesn't make a hell of a lot of money. Right. Barely a livable wage. Right. I'm sure. Uh, but, like, if that's what she's liking... And enjoying to do with her life, and she's able to survive off of that. Yeah. Like, I mean, grocery store work, maybe not right now so much, 
but um like a cashier when when you compare it to other job types is a very minimal stress job definitely Definitely. And if that's what you're looking for, like, I want a job where I just go to work, I do my thing, and I come home, and I don't have to fucking worry about it, I don't have to advance in the field at all, like, you know, like, it's it's the perfect job. Yeah. You I know? think, uh, on the flip side of that, I, I guess I'll throw this in there to kind of progress the conversation past even that, Um I think it's leadership's responsibility in positions like that to instill the will of, to instill that in the employees, like instill will to want more. And I think that's a good trait of a management style is that if she wants to stay there her whole life, I don't blame her. I would blame her manager in the sense that her manager didn't try to push her to achieve. Cause I mean, she has more potential. Everyone has more potential than what, However, like, okay, I, I, I see what you're saying, but it might honestly be a personal decision, too. It could like, be. Like, he might be, because, like I said, yeah, I was 16. That was 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. She was working as a cashier there when yeah. I was 16. And she's still working as a cashier now. Right. I I don't know if there's a mental acuity problem mm-hmm. with her or not. But, like, the overall store manager may have come up to her and been like, I want to make you shift manager. I want to do this. I want to do that. And, like, tried to push her forward. Mm-hmm. And she said no. Yeah. Because I doubt that there hasn't been a single opportunity for her to placed in front of her like that in the last... 30 some odd years because like I said she was working there before I even got there yeah she was working there before it was the grocery store that it is now so yeah it's um I don't know I guess and that's the beautiful thing about this country is you can choose to be as successful or you can choose to stay exactly where you are and everyone has the equal opportunity of being to to be able to not achieve or achieve as much as they want. Yeah, are you content or complacent? And like, you have the right to be either or, and yeah. that's that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, if if it's somebody's choice, I guess, like, good on you. Oh God. What? Denver. Denver sent me. I don't know what it is. Denver just sent me a video. And okay. there's just naked people on the f- on the screen. I haven't hit play yet. Yep. So I'm going to hit play. Okay. I'm gonna... I don't endorse this action. I want everyone to know that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. Um, but I'm going to hit play. Okay. I don't know what this is. I'll. Okay, yeah, that guy lost. Whatever Doesn't the really competition. Doesn't really sound like I want to see that. Uh, you probably don't. Okay. I'll I'll describe it though. So my brother. 
sent me when you the you and the old lady already seen everything on Netflix, and it's just a naked guy and a naked girl filming each other. Uh, well, they're like standing in the same vicinity, and the guy gets two kicks and the girl gets two kicks, and they're like kicking each other in the crotch over and over again. That um, sounds productive. Yeah. Um, so that, that's my brother. He just sent that to me. And I also have a thing from Nikel. Oh, that was just a response to like that stay home song that I, this vodka is strong. Can you feel it? Sugar house. Yeah. Yeah. And they make a quality product. They make a quality product. It's strong and the taste profile is very low and smooth. I just don't, I don't know why I feel the way I do. It's probably a mixture of this and the uh, the, the white sauce. The white sauce? Yeah, the Alfredo. I, I just, I'm feeling Did pretty. Did you eat more Alfredo today? That's what was on the pizza. Oh, okay. That was now. I, I just feel pretty groovy. Feeling pretty groovy. I I kind of like wanted to take today to as your last day living with me. Um. And I really hope you come down next week. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, but I I, I kind of wanted to, to break my diet today mm-hmm. just just to. Or like within the next 24 hours just to kind of like celebrate our friendship and stuff like. So I'm coming from a place with this like. And I, I, I don't know. Um, sorry, Chris. Chris said I use a lot of filler words on this. Uh, there you go again. Filler word, filler word, filler word. He he pointed that out to me. Like what kind of filler words? Uh, like, um, we both say it a lot, apparently. Well, you know what? How about we go ahead and have them start their own podcasts? Fair and enough. We can pick apart every little thing that they do. Yeah. But the, Chris, oh wait, what's what's that? Fuck. What's that? No one else is making a podcast. It's just us taking the initiative. Oh. Yeah. Weird. But through being it. In God, the I'm being a dick today. I gotta be a little nicer. Go well, ahead. Well, no, Chris can take it, dude. Chris can take it. Uh. There it is again, Chris. Sorry. But. Me being in the military, mm-hmm. my experience, my previous experience has dictated to me that usually when people move away, they're basically gone. Yeah. And I, I don't want that to happen. So in the military, if you keep in contact with your friends, it's usually through some sort of social media, and even that is shoddy yeah at best yeah there's guys i deployed with that i've tried to keep in contact with tried really hard and they don't talk to me anymore huh and those guys i would consider family yeah any one of them could show up on my front door right now regardless of what liz said they'd be allowed to stay in this house indefinitely Mm -hmm. and um Sorry, Chris. 
I, I just don't want that to happen between us. So I, I want that face-to-face still because that's a big concern of mine. Yeah. The, there was a friend of mine that I went through basic training with mm-hmm. and core school with. The second we got out of core school, pretty much never heard from him again. Really? Spent almost nine months of my life with this guy. Nothing. Hmm. So that's my, that's kind of my takeaway. So I'm really hoping that you do make the journey down here. Well, you know, I'm not becoming an Idaho resident, right? You say that. No, I I know that. I've oh. taken initiative. Okay. I mean, I plan on, well. I, I may even get a P.O. box before I leave, but we'll see. Okay. E- even then. Yeah. It's it's just something that sits back in the back of my mind due to previous experiences, right? So I'm I'm like sitting here thinking okay, he says he's not going to move away indefinitely or break contact. Mm-hmm. And I sound like a crazy girlfriend right now. <laughs> but <laughs> That's where I'm coming from is yeah. this uh, years and years and years of previous experience of being in really tight relationships with people, really tight friendships, literally willing to die for one another uh-huh. and then never speaking again. Yeah. Well, I think you know that. Well, I mean, we both know that we've been friends for probably. What is it? Four years. Something like that. Standard military friendship. Yeah, so about four years. We've done a podcast for about a year. Like, why Why would I not communicate? The, is, and I'll, I'll... There's no choice at this point. I, there is, though. Kind of. Not um, really. And for me, I'd be willing to help spot you the gas money, the travel... Or, like, whatever sort of infrastructure we need to set up to do this face-to-face via, like, telecommuting and get it so it sounds good. Yeah. Like, text each other, sorry, Chris, I used like again. Um, And there's um. Fuck you, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But... Yeah, so to to set up the infrastructure to make it sound good and just text each other and see, are you off work yet? Yes. Am I available? Are you available? Yes, yes. Okay, let's start. Yeah. But really the face-to-face interaction is what I enjoy. Right. Truly. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Sorry about the um, Chris. I'm going to call you out each time because you're the one that made me aware of it you fuck i love you chris i don't know you chris so hi hello so chris is a guy for now you know it's 2020 we don't know what's gonna happen he's a guy okay well Um, that's his choice no he's a guy for now that's all i'm saying (laughs) 
He could. Okay. He has okay, the right not, to choose I'm whether not, what he's going to do I'm later. I'm not going down this road with you right hey, now. Hey, I'm just trying to appeal to everybody and not offend anyone. True. True. We got to be more PC. Yep. Uh, Chris will say is a person. Okay, great. Is a human. Awesome. That I've known since high school. Our initial interaction with each other was he was a friend of my brother's. And he was like kind of fucking with my brother uh, during a class one day that I was a TA in. Mm. A teacher's assistant. Teacher's assistant. And so him and I got in a slap box contest mm. okay. against one another. And we've been close friends ever since. Uh, and that's the basically the genesis of Chris's and Mai's relationship. Now, Chris is, in Liz's eyes, equivalent to Kyle Wreck. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Um, um, yeah. So, like, she, sorry, Chris, views them as the same person, almost, except for one's Taller, one shorter, one's got blonde hair, and one's got curly black hair. Okay. But they're pretty much the same person in her eyes. Like, she, she, sorry, Chris, she literally can't keep them straight. Interesting. Is that the one you worked with at the power plant? No. Oh, so it's the guy you know from high school. Yes. Or, excuse me, PC terms, person you know from high school. Yeah. And literally, they're the same person. It's fucking weird, man. Their personalities are the same person? No. Oh. She just doesn't differentiate between my friends unless she sees them on a regular basis. Okay. The only reason she knows Simon is Simon is because he's the one that put us together. Yeah, Or okay. his girlfriend at the time that put makes us sense. together. That makes sense, right. It's it's bizarre, man. If you hadn't moved in, she she would ask me on a regular basis, "Is that the guy from the power plant that like helped you move the thing?" Well, yes and no, because I know who she's referring to when she says that guy from the power plant. She's referring to Kyle Rack because his personality, for some reason, sticks out in her mind. That's fair. Uh, uh, um, hmm, uh, like, yeah. like, 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 but <laughs> <laughs> I guess I understand it because it's not a direct communication with somebody, so it's hard to kind of piece together a face. I Honestly, now that I haven't seen Mark Tracy in so long. You have a hard time remembering him. It's Paul. Mark Paul. Tracy. It's funny because they're similar personalities. They are similar personalities. Like you know, I. Like, 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 like. I think Mark Tracy watched more Stephen Colbert than Paul does. Oh, definitely. Um, Mark Tracy. When 
Trump got elected, I was working with him the night that the results came out. <laughs> what did he do? He was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I said, why? He said, we have to deal with this asshole for four years. And I said, at a minimum of four years. He's like, don't you say shit like that to me. <laughs> Mark Tracy. Yeah, Mark Tracy, man. <laughs> he didn't like me. You don't think? No. Dude, he still calls me up from time to time randomly. Like, hey, let's go climbing when I get back to Utah. Great. When you coming back? <laughs> yeah. He was a interesting cat. For sure. I probably spent the most time with him out of anyone else there. I worked with him on weekends, I think. I don't remember when. No, shows. I worked with him on the weekends because I worked... Um, I worked uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, an eight-hour shift on Friday, and then two 12s on Saturday, Sunday with him. And you were on Friday nights. I don't remember. I switched shifts so many times at that job. So so what happened is when I initially started working, I was with Liesl on Fridays and mm-hmm. you on Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Then you moved to Monday through Friday. And so I was with you on Friday, and then they hired Mark for Saturday, Sunday. And then I I was with Ben for a little while. Me too. But basically, I was with Mark Tracy for two of my three shifts a week. Okay. Okay. I just remember Mark kept asking me to go to a state building and get a paper for him. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Oh, I did that stuff for him. Did you? I don't give a shit, dude. Yeah, he was at, he's like, I'll pay you. I was like, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. Really? I didn't really know the guy. Oh, see, I did. I guess that's uh, the one only... second. So there was a little bit of a break there. You guys uh, won't really notice it because we paused. But my mom was contacting me about a neighbor whom I've never met before and saying, oh, he's getting redeployed to Afghanistan. Great. I don't care. Um. (laughs) No, I get you. I understand that. That's like somebody calling you up and someone you don't know is moving to Utah. Like, Sweet. There's a lot of people here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Interesting. That's one of the 50 states right there. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure which province he's going to. Um, My mom said Providence, but she meant province. wonder what reaction she was looking for. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't know. Like, 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 fuck you, Chris. Maybe we should get a little clock that goes like, 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 instead of (laughs) clicking. (laughs) We should, and we should only plug it in if Chris comes on. <laughs> yeah, I think that would bug the shit out of me. Um, but, yeah, the, so my mom, before her divorce and the great fucking fiasco that that was, uh, lived down the street from some people whose son is in the army and he's a helicopter pilot. Now he's being redeployed as a helicopter pilot to Afghanistan. Awesome. 
I never met the guy. Ever. Yeah. Literally have no idea what his face looks like. I, I hope he doesn't get killed. Right. You know. But what else do you want from me? You could tell me any soldier in this country, any airman, any marine, sailor, whatever, is getting deployed to combat operations. If I don't know them personally, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah. I'll wish them the best. You know, I'm not going to actively wish harm on this person. Bake them a cake. Not going to bake them a cake. Not going to. Yeah. 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 Do you want me to send them packages? It's We're just so a, established in Afghanistan. We've been in there for fucking 20 years practically. Right. We've got our own postal system over there now. Yeah. Like fucking Christ, man. What right. do you want me to do about it? <laughs> yeah. We have bases that are the size of cities in that motherfucker. Right. Yeah, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I can't say. I cannot say. Is it is odd. I'm surprised. I thought you knew this person. No. Yeah, you don't know this person. Not at all. I've never met him. You should just randomly start calling your mom and tell her information that doesn't pertain to her life whatsoever and then say I got to go and do it maybe 3 times a day. Just keep doing it. Hey, uh You know that house 3 streets down from me that Somebody bought it. They moved in. Okay, got to go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know that pothole that's out on the corner of this and this street? They fixed it. Okay, got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what happens with me. Then text or call, call 911. 911, call immediately. Like, hey, you know that spot of the grass over at Cottonwood Rec Center? They patched it up. Got to go. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that's what she does to me. That's exactly. That's my parents do. My, my mom does that kind of stuff too. I don't fucking get it. You know, my dad could be a little better at reaching out and like talking to my brother and I and my sister. But at least he doesn't call to tell me what his neighbor's kid is fucking doing. Right. You know, I... I'm okay with the amount of communication I have with my dad. Right. I go out of my way to see him when I want to see him. Like, if, like, if he did that uh, to see me, I would also be okay with that. But I don't need to know what his neighbor, four doors down from him, what their kid is doing for their fucking master's thesis. Right. I don't need that information in my life. Yeah. I'm juggling lab values and shit in my head already. Like, like, uh, this is what you should do. You need to get your mom addicted to Reddit. Yeah. Cause then she could just go on Reddit and, and just put whatever she wants all the time <laughs> or get her into Pinterest or something like that. My parents used to be very similar and then they got sucked into technology Good. My my parents used to like, my dad used to say, especially, why do you waste your time playing video games so much? And now he spends all day on the freaking tablet. All day. Just fucking playing games, huh? Not playing games, like looking up stuff, watching videos, informational stuff. 
But it's funny because he used to give give me crap about it back in the day before I moved out. Yeah. So it's Simon Stad's the same way. Simon Stad's old school fucking like Soviet Union Russian guy. <laughs> Simon, you play too many video games. Simon, you need to get out more. You need to do this. You need to do that. Tablets came out. Can't pull one out of the guy's hand now. Yeah. Like, like, uh, he, he sits there and just does not put it down. Yeah. Unless he's driving. Right. So. It's weird. It's a weird dynamic. Never thought we'd get to this place. Now everyone's so docile. Yeah, and his mom is something else, too. She... She, like, has all these superstitious beliefs and stuff, but she's not addicted to technology, so she's just kind of in his house. Yeah. Bothering him to do things. Uh. <laughs> I I don't know how Simon does it, man. He's a saint, in my opinion. He's got both of his parents living with him. One of them's completely oblivious to what's going on around him the other one is constantly bothering him to do this or that or thinks whatever girlfriend he's got at the time has some sort of magical spell over him and is a witch and like really yeah that's funny oh dude she thinks that way about nickel sometimes i know she thought that way about jessica for sure nickel though i mean Nikel lives there. Right. They live together. And she has a good career and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Liz is not a witch. She doesn't have some sort of magical spell over me. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine having my mom live here and think that about my wife at the same time. No. Nope. I'd rather pay an extra 1500 a month to put my mom in an apartment somewhere else. Yeah. It's fair. Seriously. And I asked Simon why he doesn't do the same thing. And he's got his own reasons I don't really understand, and I can't remember what he told me right now. But, yeah, dude, like, Like Chris, you fucker, made me aware of that, you son of a bitch. But, yeah, Simon, for some reason, just rolls with it. But when it comes to other things, he's very hardcore, like, very line-in-the-sand kind of personality, especially when it comes to religion. Back when I was super religious, he used to argue with me about that shit all the time. And I can see where he's coming from now because I don't really have faith in a all-powerful, all-kind being. Mm-hmm. Maybe an all-powerful being, but definitely not an all-kind one. <laughs> And to what Simon's an incel? 
What's that? A godless heathen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait. Is that is that what that is? I don't know. An infidel. Infidel. That's what I'm thinking of. Incel is somebody who incites violence. Probably he could be that too. No, he's not. Simon's pretty chill, but uh, I I consider myself a godless heathen at this point. Um, totally okay with it. Fucking Chris. You know what, Chris? You've made me aware of this habit that I have with uh, filler words when I'm thinking. I want to see you in my house get drunk and talk into a microphone for three hours without using a single filler word, you son of a bitch. And filler's not bad. I mean, try going to Panda Express and get some chow mein. If you don't have any filler, what do you really have? A few noodles. You have no cap, no cabbage. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You need more drink. <laughs> but also on top of that, sorry, Chris, dude, I love you, but it's true. It's it, We're very worried about dead air. We try to minimize that as much as possible. So... When we're talking, if we have to use filler words during a thought, we we do because if not, we have to do a lot more more in pro post production editing. Maybe maybe we we can can say say every every word word twice twice. <laughs> then then Chris Chris will will be be happy happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> This is why you need to come back down and do this in person. Like, I don't... <laughs> Smeagol likes. Um, I don't think it'll have the same flow over the video cam, at least for several weeks. So. Well, at least uh, once we start doing it on video, because I don't know... Because every time, coming up every time, that's... No, that's, that's not acceptable. Um, but... Like driving, driving here every time is hard, but ha- having a few of each is fine. But of course, getting the video to a point where we can be on YouTube would be amazing. I think that'd yes. be awesome. Yeah, especially if we could set up whatever room you're in to look like. Yeah, like this, and make it s- similar enough to where it looks like we're in the same room together, maybe. Right. And at that point, I'm realizing I'm realizing that people don't really care so much about the professional sound quality on remote stuff. If people are split screen, because I see a lot of podcasts slash interviews. I listen to a lot of interviews where somebody's just wearing the little headphones and uh, talking into like a little mic right here. Yeah. And it sounds fine. It's not like studio quality, but at the same time, you get the point of it. And that's going to have to be on your end, I think. I yeah. don't know enough about it to right. make it work, for sure. It's, like, it's pretty easy. but In, I'm, in your opinion. See, I, and that's... If you tried to teach me how to do it, I'd be completely lost. Yeah, and that's fair. I just need... Base, uh, what really is it, base a six by six or whatever? A six by six, what? Uh, or, like, have you ever had this done? Oh, the revolver? 
Yeah. Two here, two here, and two here. Yeah. Feels like you're going to die. That's how I would feel if you tried to explain this audio engineering shit to me. Oh, that kind of stuff? No, I'll take care of that. I'll basically have to... We'll have to set up Discord on this computer. And then we'll do the Discord chat. And then okay. I'll, I'll just record it on my end. And then what about uh, all this shit? The the soundboard and everything. Is yeah, that you, staying you, over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is where like the central hub is for now, until I come back, and then we can reassess. But when you come back, I hope you can get a two bedroom. That's the goal. Because I don't want a studio or a one bed. And I thought I can make it work with a one bed because I can make it a living room because I'm not one to sit out and like sit I on a couch and watch. Aren't. And I am. I, I. That's one thing I learned about you. See, it, for me, I don't even know what I would do for a living room. At the, I don't know what I would put there. I have no clue. Maybe a ping pong table or something like that. I. You know what I would do if I were you? I'm. You're really committed to this. Yeah. I would just turn the living room into the studio. For the most part. Yeah. And, and that's that's and the biggest people thing. people come over. What's that about? I do this. Right. That's my passion. I do this. Right. Yeah. I like that. This is a place for me to sleep and work on my passion. Right. But in all reality, I would prefer to have a two bedroom with the right. living room. I'd like to have like a hangout place with a TV and a couch and all of that. And then one of the bedrooms, probably the master bedroom, be the studio and workstation and the little bedroom, the sleeping station. I'm a very big believer in not having a TV in your bedroom if you can, if you can, oh, achieve, absolutely. If you can achieve that. It's not hard to achieve. You just don't put one in there. Yeah, but with space and how things are right now with having to work from home and all of that, it's, it's a have to because I don't have the luxury of using two rooms. Uh, especially in this one when I'm, you know, up here talking and you guys are right below or Liz is right below at 7 a.m. Because that's when I start working. She's usually up by then anyway. So um, I don't I don't fucking hear it. Yeah. Like literally like a like Chris fucker. I primarily react to more jarring loud noises like and thumps yes thuds crashes screeches yes. yes so if someone's talking over me i'm sleeping on a net underneath someone that's talking i feel like the military gave me the ability to deal with that pretty well okay uh but if there's anything that's like a jarring noise or it sounds like a helicopter's landing in my backyard, right? That's what's going to set me off. Liz, she's such a heavy sleeper. She takes medications to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. That I guarantee you're not bothering her right now. Oh, I've been sleeping. I've been sleeping so good since taking uh 5-HTP again. Yeah. I started taking it two days ago and I can feel it within 
probably three, four minutes, I can feel like just this heaviness of like, uh, just, a. it's hard to explain, but it's just like you're, you feel st- the heaviness. You just feel your whole body get heavy. Like the drowsy and not even drowsy. It's almost euphoric. It's amazing. It's incredible. But, and I've been taking a half dose of what I took before because I took such a long break from it. Because for a while I thought, maybe this isn't doing anything. It definitely does something. I can tell you that. That's the uh, thing that converts to serotonin or dopamine, right? It's a serotonin conversion, and it contains B6 and B12, which is the primary transporters, I believe, of 5-HTP or serotonin. So basically, it just produces more serotonin for your brain, whereas an SSRI blocks serotonin from being reuptake. This just produces more serotonin. So Yeah, uh, so reuptake is, for those of you that don't know, you have like one neuron, and it's communicating to another neuron using acetylcholine, serotonin, and dopamine. And... Uh, monoamine oxidase well monoamine and it's firing off these chemical mediators to communicate and with SSRIs you get blocks because the body doesn't produce a lot of serotonin so it fires and it attaches to the receiving cell, backs off, and it gets sucked up like a vacuum back into the previous cell, like 90% of the time. So your SSRIs basically block the vacuum nozzles. So you have more free-floating serotonin in that synaptic cleft. Now, the problem with that is, is as that continues, you start to see improvement but you hit a certain point where the serotonin starts to degrade because of, um, fuck, what is it called? It's like if you use a paper plate too much. Yeah, it it starts to degrade because of other chemical mediators in the body. So then your body starts to produce more because it, it says, I'm not producing... I don't have enough of this, and I had enough of it before. Whereas right now, you're talking about instead of doing SSRIs, you're just producing enough, producing more. Yeah, and it, it's crazy. I, haven't, I don't dream very often, but I've been dreaming very hardcore taking that. The first night I had a dream, which this is scary. It was April 12th. It was April 12th. In my dream, I woke up. And I heard the uh, emergency broadcast system thing. And I heard sirens outside. And I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. So I run out to my parents' living room. And then I just hear. And I just see white through the thing. Like white through the window. And it just gets bright and like just wake up. Yeah. Then it's been nine hours or eight hours or whatever. Wow. Yeah, no, it's creepy. I think that has a little bit to do with what 
you've been digging into lately. Mm. Well, I've been sure. digging into that crap for five something years. Yeah. I, I, I've been on this one for a long time. But, but Rigby is a very low priority target. Correct. I think in that respect, Assault Lake is a very low priority target. It's yeah. possible. I mean, you know, Salt Lake City is actually one of the premier in, uh, international business hubs. destinations in the yeah. world. We speak 136 languages in this state. It's a lot of languages. And I understand that, but it's nothing compared to New York, Los Angeles, Philadelphia. Yeah. Chicago. Right. Seattle. All I'm saying is I now know what it feels like to be nuked. <laughs> I felt that feeling and it was real scary. I woke up sweating. Like, oh, it was fake. Yeah. Whew. It was terrifying. So, do you ever have any reoccurring dreams or nightmares? I've never had a reoccurring nightmare. Really? No. I told you the other day about the one I have. Yep. Ever since I was a kid. Uh,. My twin brother and I were in the Adams Family Mansion. We're getting j- chased by Boris Karloff, essentially Frankenstein's monster. We're running around trying to hide from him, and we come across a Super Nintendo. <laughs> it's just, it's so fucking weird, man. It's like yeah. right outside the yeah. kitchen. The kitchen, for some reason, looks like my grandma's kitchen. We sit down and we're like playing this for a while, and we hear some step, like foot steps coming up the stairs, and we're like, "Oh yeah, that fucking guy's chasing us!" Run to the end of the hall, jump out the window. We land in the backyard. There's a couple of Doberman pinchers out there that start running at us immediately, barking and snarling, and growling. And I've met multiple Dobermans now, and they're super sweet dogs. But this is just the dream. We we jump over a chain link fence because that fits with the Adams family house for some reason. Yeah. And land, and I'm on the street I grew up on. Right as I hit the ground, I turn. Frankenstein's monster, Boris Karloff, in the flesh, standing in front of me, reaches down to pick me up. I wake up. Every single time. I've had this dream ever since I was like fucking like nine years old. Really? So I have had a reoccurring theme in the sense that I've been chased by the police so many times in my dreams that it's unbelievable. And there was one particular one. I remember I was on like national run for murder or something. And I had to stop. But first, before I got out of town, I had to go to Costco to get a SIM card for my cell phone. Big priority, but I later found out that being chased or having chasing dreams or pursuit dreams relates to having the fear of somebody else's control. The subconscious manifestation in the conscious mind, a reaction of thinking somebody else controls your life or somebody else controls the outcome of what you want. You don't feel in control of your actions. So... I've never looked into it. Yeah. To me, it's just this dream that I've had since I was a kid. Yeah. I wake up. I'm like, 
that's fucking weird and move on with my life. I don't know if what you're saying is true or not. It might be. I haven't had this dream in a while. I have it about once a year nowadays. I've had it a lot more often back when I was a kid or in high school. Uh, was it more in times you didn't feel like you could control your circumstances? I don't know. I haven't paid that much attention. I wish with what you've just told me, I wish I had. Uh, I need to keep a better dream journal. I used to do it pretty often. Have a piece of paper right by your bed. Because I I look at it and I go, okay, I had that dream again. And I move on with my life. In the dream, I'm the same age. And my brother's the same age, regardless of how old I am. I'm 32 now. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm like a month away. And we're always about eight or eight, nine, ten years old, somewhere in there. Mm. We're, period. I'm in somewhere around fourth grade each time. Same exact age. And I don't fucking understand it maybe i started feeling that way because shortly before that or during that time my parents were going through a custody battle with the divorce and stuff i don't fucking know yeah it's hard to pinpoint because it can be a manifestation over a long period of time uh, our subconscious minds pick up on a lot more than we realize and manifest into conscious behavior, but we don't understand. We don't see our subconscious thoughts in the same way that we see conscious thoughts. Ghost dick. So I forgot about the ghost dick thing. Yeah. But. So apparently when you're yawning, it's supposed to be a ghost like shoving its dick or its fist into your mouth. Yeah. I've yawned twice. Ghost dick. I said I was going to say that from each time i yawn on this moving forward i haven't done it you guys haven't heard where i said i was gonna say that because we pulled the other episodes but that's what you get there's the reference if you want more to that reference eventually we'll be opening up uh a patreon where you can spend a few bucks and get the other, like, what, 50 episodes? Yeah, we'll we put have. all 50 episodes up. We're going to do a small monthly fee of forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not that at all. It'd probably be around three to five bucks. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it'll, it'll have more exclusive content. We'll put more. We'll put our, like. Behind the scenes stuff or. Or the shit that we don't want people to hear in the public eye. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you pay us. Yeah. Yeah. If you pay us, then fucking great, man. Because I'm a um, little content whore. Yeah. And I'll do anything for money. Yeah. Um, members only sort of status. Well, fuck it, dude. We might even make the, like, uh, Friars Club jackets at one point and send you one. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, We'll see what happens. We'll open those back up again eventually once we figure it out. 
uh, you guys have been listening for a while for whatever reason, and we'll get those episodes pushed back to you so you can show your friends or whatever. But there was some real-life ramifications that happened, and now we need to reel it in a little bit. Yeah, thanks, Marcus. Sit on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And fucking twist, 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 baby. Twist, twist, twist until you're offended no more. And I'll tell you what, you really offended me in offending you, so. Go take on a revolver. Well, I don't know about that, but take a look in the mirror. And what, like the, the revolver that. You oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe like a revolver from. Uh, Tom Segura's old people. Or like a revolver from Beans and Brews, like the six shot thing. But yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not talking yeah, about don't, suicide. Don't hurt yourself, but you I'm know, not talking about sometimes you got to look in the mirror and realize you got a big nose. <laughs> so, and and that's okay, fine. That's fine. <laughs> but we we will put those. So yeah, other pay us money, and <laughs> if you want those other episodes posted that you haven't got to yet, please email us. Uh, and we'll we'll work a way out for it and figure it out because Caden and I we've been doing this for almost a year exactly at this point. Yeah, and it was a lot of work that went into developing that, and we want people to be able to see and enjoy that content, but. We came to the realization where we need to be a little more careful. And we also need money to help upgrade our sound equipment and stuff. A lot of, not a lot of, everything up to this point has been out of pocket or donations. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and we're willing to continue that, but... If we can get a little bit of support to continue this thing overall, fucking great. Chris, again, I want to say fuck you for bringing my attention to the filler words, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love you, but fuck you. I hope you have beautiful, talented athletic sons and then that their legs are taken away from them oof that's a rough one in the words of ricky bobby yeah talladega nights uh, what to say what do i say now i don't fucking know i'm at a loss for words Keep, keep moving keep moving man like you gotta keep moving you gots to So, even with the amount I've drank today, Mm -hmm. I'm still well under my uh, caloric intake limit that I've set for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Like, by almost a thousand uh, kilocalories. But you were saying that the CDC has recommended that we all, every single American, wear a mask of some kind. Yep. Yep. They recommend a basic cloth mask. 
So ski masks? No ski masks. No scuba diving masks. Uh, no snorkels. I did see a lady in Costco wearing a snorkel. What the fuck? Yeah, it was a picture somebody posted. Are there you, was a lady wearing a snorkel. Fucking seriously? Yeah. Yep. What the fuck, dude? I don't know. I'm, I've got to see this. Yeah, I, I in, have to see just this. Just type in lady wears snorkel. Snorkel COVID-19. Uh, okay. Yeah, it really happens. Yeah. Um, Images. Oh, my God, dude. These fucking people. Now, this, the lady who was wearing the one I saw was in a Costco, so, and it was a legit snorkel mask. So so what I'm seeing right now is this guy that uh, he's an Italian engineer, uh-huh. and he developed a 3D printing technology uh, for adapting scuba masks to fit ventilators mm-hmm. which is awesome but at the same time i i don't fully understand it because each ventilator needs to be programmed specifically to each patient's need uh so the, yeah and you can do that i mean 3d printing can take molds of people's faces well but but the issue is is so the conversation they're having right now is using one ventilator for multiple people. Ventilators are very complex. They're, they need very specific settings, tidal volumes, uh, like end tidal CO2, oxygen saturation, oxygen delivery all this stuff, and that's very specific to each individual patient. Mm -hmm. So even if you were to take a ventilator and put, like, a Y branch on it and use it for two different people, those two different people need separate settings depending on their condition. Yeah. So I don't understand where they're coming up with this idea that you can use... uh, uh, mul- one vent of ventilator for multiple people. Let's look up this Costco thing. There's, there she is. There she blows. It was worse than that. It was like just goggles and a snorkel mouthpiece. Costco shar- shopper with a full-on gas mask. So there's that. This is nuts, dude. Look at this. When I see people out in public with masks, I heard a guy today when I went and got the pizza, he was like, that guy's going to get COVID-19, and he was talking about me. And I just kind of smirked because this guy was wearing gloves and a mask. Really? Like a, like a faduk. I was at, when we went to the vape shop earlier, uh, yeah. the lady's like, I have some hand sanitizer here if you want to use it. And I was like, I work at the jail. I deal with much more disgusting stuff than whatever's going on right now. Uh, Now it's socially enforced. That's what makes me upset about it. Yes. I don't see anybody. I don't know anybody with it, okay? I don't know if it's even as big of a deal. I know it's not as big of a deal as they say. I can't. I cannot find the picture that you're referring to. It was on Twitter, so it's probably censored from the rest. 
Yeah. <sighs> but I, I'm I mean, just. That's the closest it. one. Let's see if I can pull it up here. This is the closest one. Shosko, <laughs> Costco shopper spotted with snorkel. Right there. Here's the thing, man. I don't know anyone who has this. I don't know anybody who knows anybody who has this. So if you think I'm the fool for not being afraid of it, look in the mirror. I'm yeah. not going to sit around and be fearful. But it's it's just not what I'm going to do. You're calling me ignorant? Yeah. You're the one living in fear. And if you live your life in fear, good on you. It's a free country. But you're not going to force me to think the way you think. Sorry. And I, I do... When I see people die in the street, maybe I'll reconsider. Yeah. But when I hear they're using uh, recycled footage from TV shows and they're sharing uh, footage from different places in the world and the rates are not as high... They're supposedly using um, semi-truck trailers to drag people's bodies out of uh, New York and shit. Right, that's what they tell us. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen... It. Besides no people on the streets, I haven't seen any difference. I haven't seen an ambulance. That's true. Where are all the ambulance? Well, we drove by the emergency room today. Why isn't there a big line of people being wheeled? I didn't see anything. It's true. We drew, We drove. literally drove by the largest hospital so, in Utah. I don't get my, my thought process from watching TV... Or somebody saying on the TV that all oh, this is happening. I get it from talking to people. Because I've talked to a lot of people about this all around the country. Talked to people from New York. I asked the lady, hey, do you know anyone who has it? No, I don't know anyone who has it. What's the um, LPN or CNA or whatever from the Midwest say? She doesn't know anyone who has it. Really? Yeah. She's from Ohio. Supposedly one of the biggest states that has it. Nothing. Nothing. Hmm. So, yeah, it's it's very. I I don't know. Is I I I don't know. Like, it's very weird. And you said earlier today we went by the largest hospital in Utah, parking lot practically empty. Yep, except the employees. Pretty much, yeah. The employee parking is full. And the reason I know this is because I used to work there. Yep. But visitor parking, patient parking, you could park across five parking spaces in there and no one would get pissed at you. Yeah. It wasn't that way when I worked there. Yeah. <laughs> it's silly. It's, it's It makes no sense. They so, built a parking garage because there was too many people showing up to that right. hospital. I'm just saying... It's really, really strange that I'm being told to be afraid for my life and there's other people outside telling me I need to be more careful or I need to be more afraid. And for what? Because Tony Pajamas told you on the news? Like, do your own research. That's the problem with this freaking country. No one does their own research. Everyone relies on their favorite comedian. Do you think we could get Cup Bop delivered? Uh, maybe. It's possible. I don't even know if they're open. I have no clue. I don't know either. Let's look. What's this? Why is there two of these? Because uh, the old one's the old pocket. Yeah, you can just close out of that. Yeah, you don't even need to save it. We got it uploaded. Kay. I'm just sick of everyone telling me 
Well, hey, we need to be more careful. Why? What? Didn't you hear? Jimmy Fallon told me. Jimmy Fallon told me. Like, cool. What research have you done? It upsets me. It upsets me. A lot. So, will this have their uh, hours on it? Uh, I mean, does it let you order from there? Yeah. It says late. That's a latent one. Uh, you have to allow. You have to allow location. See where it says that big X up in the. Yeah, there you go. Oh fuck! Now they're tracking me. They know I want Korean barbecue. Yeah. So just up the top, type in cut bop again because you're still looking in latent. Cup, there it is. Cup pop GH plus. Is that is this the one? Yep. Midvale Murray. The Murray one is the one in the mall. Okay. And that's the closest one. And Closing soon. Order between or before seven forty-five. You have fifty-one minutes remaining. I'm surprised it's open. Uh, me too. Thank you, Koreans. We trust you. I think I may go there tomorrow with you. Yeah. Before you head out. All right. Okay. I I'll, I'll break I'll break the keto for for one last trip to Cup Bop with my buddy. Well, one last. I mean, you're acting like I'm going to be gone for years. I. That's how I view it, because I really don't know how how the future. Is going to play out. Yeah, I'm hoping what you're saying is correct, mm-hmm. and that I and I have every bit of confidence that your intentions, where they are right now, yeah, are true. Yeah. Three, a month from now. Mm-hmm. Two months, three months, five months from now. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like. Why do you think that? You know, I have a job still in Utah, right? Yes, but the the thing referencing what I said earlier is my experience in the military yeah. has taught me to take things with a grain of salt when it comes to friends leaving a geographic area. Mm-hmm. So, until proven otherwise, I usually treat encounters as the last encounter. Mm. It's got nothing to do with you. No, I get that. It's got everything to do with my own life experience. No, I understand that too, because I've had friends that I've lived with in the past who don't even message me anymore. And, uh, you know, it's a silly thing, but... The way I rationalize it in my mind, it's nothing that I did myself. The fact that they don't contact me is nothing that I did. But it's, do you reach out to contact them? No, I don't. It's a two-way street. I have before. I have reached out before. Um, but at the same time, uh, I'm not going to... Uh, if I reach out to somebody... I There was somebody, I won't say the specific roommate that I had, but we used to play video games together all the time. We used to do a couple of roommates, actually. And I will try to reach out constantly. And if they don't respond, 
or they ignore something or we're having a conversation and then I say something and they just stop. It's nothing wrong with me. Uh, it's something wrong with the other person, whether that be them justifying to themselves or rationalizing that, oh, they're just too insecure is really what it comes down to. I'm not going to sit there and be, oh, pity me. What am I doing wrong? We should order some cup bop. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Um, I mean, I'm inebriated at this point. Yeah, that's I, I'm fine with that. There's, there's no carbs in vodka, right? No. Nope. I don't know, man. I'm just saying be confident in every choice you make or other people will tell you how to act. And I've, I've experienced that my whole life. If you're not confident in the decisions you make, other people will tell you how to live your life, and that's bullshit. How does that come down to me being cautious with friends moving away? I have no idea. I just threw that out there. Okay, well, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, like I'm confident in the fact that I'm choosing to approach this at a distance. Does that make sense? Yeah, but how many relationships in the past have you had that didn't work out? Like friend-wise or romantically? Romantic-wise. Three. So does that mean you walk into the fourth one already assuming that that fourth one's going to fail? Yes and no. Okay. When I met Liz, Uh I was... Pretty much, I had one foot out out of the door. I was on my way to basic training within a month or two. Mm -hmm. And I told her that. And I was like, 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 fuck you, Chris. (laughs) But I, I told her, you know, I... Enjoy your company. Mm-hmm. I won't go as far to say love yet, but I enjoy your company. Enjoy having you around. I would really like if this continues. Yeah. But I understand if you want to call it quits or if you decide to call it quits while I'm in basic training. Mm-hmm. Every letter I got from her, I I basically told her, the only thing I request is that you let me know. Yeah. That's all. Right. I just want to know if you have decided to move on or it's not worth it. And every letter I got from her, I was expecting it to be essentially a Dear John letter, even though it's not like, a dear John in the sense that I was expecting commitment and she was moving on. I was expecting zero commitment and she stayed. Yeah. I don't know if that's because I lined it up the way I did and Mm -hmm. said, Hey, I, I like you. I enjoy having you in my life. I want this to continue. Yeah. And you have the freedom to make your own choice. Mm-hmm. 
but every letter I got from her until I was able to make regular contact again, I basically assumed that it was going to be, we're done. Yeah. And the way you're talking to me about it is, okay, you had three relationships before and they didn't work out. Why would you assume the fourth one won? It's because I had three relationships before that didn't work out. And I think it comes down to the type of thought process you have. Like, I consider myself to be pretty optimistic, like an optimist. There's optimists, realists, pessimists, all of that. Um, and it's not a good thing or bad thing, either of them. It's just different perspectives and how you decide to look at the world um, or assume things are going to happen. Yeah, and see, for me, I feel like I fall. And it could be even a slight pessimistic view based on your realist perspective. Yes, and that's where I feel like I fall. Okay. Is it kind of somewhere in between pessimism and realism, you know? And so for for me, I, I was approaching it f- from my mind at the time. This is what I'm expecting to happen based off of prior experience. Mm. So I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah. And sorry to say this, but that's where I am now. Mm. I had a friend from Ukraine. I still talk to her to this day. Uh, One of my closest friends basically tell me the same thing. How long did you know her? I'd known her for like three weeks. You know me for four years. True. But she she told me essentially the same thing when I, I, I asked her, I'd head back to the States. Can I have your email address so we can stay in, in contact? And she said, no one ever stays in contact. And because... Literally, well, that was the thing that sparked me to be like, I'm going to prove her wrong. Mm. I'm going to stay in contact. Yeah. Fuck. Now we're 14 years later. 14 fucking years, dude. Yeah. I still talk to her. Not yeah. Reg- not very regularly. She could show up at my front door right now, and she'd be brought in like a sister. Yeah. Zero question. And uh, she moved to L.A. for a while. I went out of my way, and I drove up to L.A. multiple times while she lived there. And I was living in San Diego, and I, like, braved the L.A. traffic problem and everything just to to visit her because— that's how much it means to me. And basically, I've been put in this position over and over and over again where I have these friendships, short or long, that mean a lot to me, and mm-hmm. I put in the effort and other people don't. Yeah. You're right. I've known you for a long time, but I know the podcast means a lot to you. I don't know... I, 
and I don't want this to hurt your feelings, but I don't know what our friendship means. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Like until it's really tested by the fires of distance and uh, life separating, you don't really know. Right. What a friendship or a, or a romantic relationship means until it's like truly, truly tested. Yeah. And I feel like, yes, I've known you for four years, mm-hmm. maybe a little longer, but that that strain hasn't been put there yet. The podcast, I have every suspicion that you're going to continue with the podcast and you're going to keep working on it, which I think will help our friendship. Mm-hmm. But really the test hasn't happened yet. And so I, I, I guess in my own opinion, I prefer to stay on the pessimistic side because at least at that point I'm prepared for failure. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I do think that by preparing yourself for failure, it doesn't allow you to fully develop a trusting bond. And it invites failure. And I'm not saying that, like, I think it's very, because it's an interesting perspective, but for me, it's very complicated perspective too. Yeah. Because the moment I'm in right now is the moment I'm most focused on and training my brain to be like, okay, have a goal long-term, sure, but also optimize the moment that you're in or the thing that you're doing right now, and that's all that matters. If, you, if you're optimizing your goals, optimizing your day, and working towards a goal, that's what matters right then and there. So for me, it's not like I can say, like, map down, like, okay, I want to be friends with this person from here to here, and I'm going to call people this, 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 this. It's a very dynamic and changing thing and progressive thing. And I understand that where this podcast is part of my life. I'm not just going to sit there and do the podcast by myself. Um, for one. And I think, Oh man. Yeah. I've known, I don't remember when I started at NTO years aren't important to me. That's the thing. Years really are not important to me. Yeah. But no, I, I'm not the type of person that's just going to cut you out unless you start sending me pictures of you wearing a dress. Then we're going to have some uh, problems. I had that friends. might happen. Well, yeah, but I don't think it's going to be serious. <laughs> True. If I sent you a picture of me in a dress, it wouldn't be serious. Now, if you started professing your love to me and started dressing in a dress and, you know, stuffing stuff down your shirt and sending me shots like that. I, that's where I draw the line. That's where I start cutting people out. I'm not one to cut people out. I've stayed in contact from people that I've went to middle school with. Um, it's just what it is. I'm just saying, don't send me nudes that are in the betrayal of being transitioning into a woman and asking me to be your lover. Cause I'll cut you out fast. Okay. Okay. With that being said, I'm going to order cup pop.
All right, let's do it. Okay, so and I also want to say that I, you'll definitely be in contact with me regardless of anything because what I plan on doing while I live with my parents is working, obviously. I have to do that obviously. regardless. Obviously. I'll be working. I'll be training. I'll be gaming so I don't have to deal with... I, I don't plan on developing a social life in Idaho. That's okay. my... That's my I plan on pr living pretty much how I've been living here so that when I come back here, I can have a social life. Okay. I don't want to... I'm not putting my roots back in Idaho. I don't want to live there. I told my parents that. I told my parents I plan on being out by the 31st of May. Okay. So... I'm going to hold you to that too. But if it goes a little bit farther than that, it's only because I want to get more money because I, I want to pay off the car. If I can pay right. off the car, that's going to put me in a... I have four grand left on that car. That would take me... But if if you're living with your parents... I save on food and, and rent. So basically, it saves me about 700 a month. There's an extra 700 to put down. Or not... I'm sorry, not 700 a month. That's an extra... Oh, yeah, no, 700 a month. I can easily... And you're already paying 400 Right. With my current obligations in two months, I'll have $3,000 plus that stimulus check coming in. That's $4,200. That's the car right there. Boom. Boom. Done. Uh, and then I'll have to wait for like maybe another paycheck or two. I, don't, I want to get here as fast as possible and have as little debt responsibility as possible so that I can breathe here. Okay. Because if I can breathe here, that's it. That's all I want. I want to be able to not fear losing my job and being like, well, I don't have any bills anyway, so it's all good. Yeah. Whereas you have a car and you go through what I went through with Chrysler and I'm pleading, please let me make three payments. Don't repossess my car. I, I transitioned jobs. I was unemployed. I hate that. I hate yeah. it. So I am going to say this. I'm probably going to miss Uzi on a slighter, greater extent than I miss you. That's okay. Because, I mean, it's Uzi. Mm -hmm. And he's honestly one of the best and sweetest dogs I've ever met. He he's, he's got such a special personality. He really does. I'm going to be... I don't know that I'll own a better dog in my life. That's how I feel about Smiley. Really? Yeah. Like, just thinking about Smiley, I'm, like, tearing up right now. Yeah. Because, yeah, you have... Especially, it's a big deal having a first dog. And oh, the, for sure. And when the first dog is good boy, then good boy is hard to let go of. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that's why I was relieved to hear Smiley's kidney levels dropped back down and, and stuff. Like, Yeah. I was worried I was going to have to put him down. And I'm like, I'm not fucking ready for that. I've had 14 years to prepare for this, and I'm not fucking ready, man. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that would send me over the edge is if somebody hit and run Uzi and then just kept going. Oh, fuck I'd go. That, I'd go kill them. Oh, yeah. I would go shoot them. That's how I'd feel about Smiley. Yeah. 100%. Like, I, I love my other dogs. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to Smiley, I don't know. It's like, I, and I don't have children. And every parent out there says, like, I love you both equally or all of you equally for different reasons. It's like, I'm pretty sure that first child is their favorite child. Yeah. Except for in my case, I was born first, but I'm pretty sure my mom likes my brother more. Um, 
because he matches her personality more and that's fine but uh i i'm pretty sure that's the case you know like my dad had jennifer before he had my brother and i am pretty sure she's like yeah favorite you know right does it affect me now no but i could tell when i was growing up that denver was my mom's favorite okay uh but if someone ran over Nibbler or Hunter, God forbid. Yeah. Would I hunt them down and want to kill them? No. If someone ran over Smiley, fucking game on. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I don't know. It's a it's a slightly selfish thing in the sense that Uzi, the way, I mean, he's sweet because the only thing I've ever shown him is affection. Yeah. I've I've disciplined I've definitely disciplined him, but I've also always also shown him affection, and when he has that connection twenty four seven for as long as he did, the bond that was developed, even though he has social anxiety when I'm away, the oh, bond sure. and the sweetness that he has really does come through. He likes being handled. He'll let any like any person meeting him the first time can pick him up, and he's not gonna like freak out freak out or try to nip at them or whatever he's calm he'll just be like well this is my world now what's going on (laughs) yeah i mean like i'm sitting here scratching his ears and his head right now and his neck and i mean like he's lived with me for a while at this point but even when i first came over to your house to do the in the beginning episode which will be released hopefully on patreon or something when yeah we figure that out just email us and let us know if you want it. Uh, this is how he was. He's just me. very endearing. He just yeah. wants to. He just wants love, dude. He just wants to make friends. He doesn't. I don't think he realizes somebody could hurt him. No. In the that's sense. That's perfect. Yeah. That means like you've taken good care of him. Mm. That's that's the right thing. Like my dad has a dog who was a rescue out of an abusive home. Yeah. That dog automatically assumes everyone wants to hurt him. Yeah. Hunter, again, a rescue, assumes that he'll never be fed again. Right. Smiley? What does Smiley do? You sit down on the couch, he comes curls up next yep. to you. Yep. You know? I Same. wonder if dogs took psychedelic mushrooms, if that would fix all those problems. I don't know. I'm curious. You should I, do a study on that. Well, I, I don't know if psilocybin would be poisonous to dogs either. I don't... I, I'd have to look into that, but all I know is the cool thing about psilocybin is that the roots that we base ourselves through when we're a child, how we like build our perception of the world. When you take psilocybin, it basically rewires your ability. So any trauma you've experienced as a child can be fixed through that substance. I'm, I've never done it before. I don't even know if I have a need to try it, but that does fascinate me. If you can yeah. fix very root level trauma based things that maybe I don't even realize I have, I'd be interested. I'm I'm not ruling it out completely, um, but I've never tried it. I have no plan on trying it, but I'm not going to rule it out forever. Yeah. And tomorrow morning I'm going to start shaving again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, but I kind of have to. That's fair. Yeah, I've been thinking, dude, I don't know. When I get everything paid off and I move back here, 
God, I've thought, I don't know what I want to do. I think I need to get the debt cleared out so that I know what I want to do. Because then I don't have the money to worry well, about it. you've talked about being a personal trainer. I have talked a, about doing and that. And a physical therapist. You're correct. Personal training I will do on the side to friends and family. I don't think I want to do it as a profession. I really don't. I do. I did learn a lot of uh, information that I can use for myself. I can use for friends, family who want that advice if they want it. But I don't want to be someone's babysitter at the same time. And that, You don't want to be the accountability buddy? No, I don't. Because if somebody doesn't want it, then they don't want it. And they're not going to get far. If, they, if they're hiring me to make them want to get it, it's, it's not going to turn out well. In the long term, maybe they'll get in a little bit better shape. I've not, I've knew uh, one other personal trainer in my life. I know more medical, like physical therapists, occupational therapists than anything. Right. But I've known one other physical therapist, not physical, uh, personal trainer in my life. Mm-hmm. And he, he said his best client was basically this woman that should have been on my 600-pound life. Yeah. Uh, that came in and was like, I want to make a change. Right. He, he said that was the best client I've ever had because she was internally driven and literally, like, it didn't matter. She made the dietary changes. She made, like, every time she was in the gym, even if it was five pounds, yep. she was pushing herself, pushing herself, pushing herself, pushing herself. Right. And he's like, I saw her lose 60 pounds in three months. Yeah. Like, unfucking believable Right. Yeah, and there's some people like that style of personal training. And I know a lot of people that like it, like that style and help people achieve their goals and everything. My focus is I want to turn someone who benches, or not benches, I'm sorry, maybe squats, 275 pounds and get them to 405. That's the type of clients I want to have. That's the type of clients I want to have. See, and that's not me. I want to have high performers. But I I also have different goals. Yeah, and that's that's true. And there are certain people that want different goals. I want to train athletes. I want to train people for endurance. I want to train people like, hey, I can only hold on to this bar for... 30 seconds. Okay, we're going to get that up to 10 minutes. I want to get them to a place where they are functional athletes. I want to take normal people that are performing and want to be better into athletes. So, so like, because what you did, just described with the squatting is kind of, uh, in my in my mind, it's power lifting. Could be, yeah. I'm more po- power building. That's my... And, and for me, I look at that and... As a climber, you're like, okay, strength to weight ratio yeah. isn't super important. So me being able to squat 405 pounds is not as important as me being able to stand on one toe yeah. for 20 minutes. Right. And there's better. there would be better trainers than me too. I think that, that comes a, a lot – in accepting you have to be the best in your field in a niche because you can't be like Absolutely. you can't be the best at everything i think like if i could train with chris sharma or 
Alex Pacheco, Alex Honnold. Right. That would be great. I don't have the money to do it, though. Right. But if someone can help me build my strength a little bit. Yeah. And show me different exercises than I'm already doing, that's probably worth it. Yeah. That and I, I like I said, I want to take like jujitsu and krav. And those are those are big things. I think that's all endurance. With me, I always like having a training partner mm-hmm. because I like to do the hit style workouts. Okay. And when I say the hit style workouts, it's like going to the point where you are struggling on that last rep, and then the a, a person pulls it up for you, and you do the negative. Okay. And you pull it up and you do the negative. And then you can't – you have so little strength that you can't even do the negative without it just being like falling. Three sets of the – I that's, train for – That's where the strength comes in. 45 minutes a day. I don't want to be the guy training two hours a day. It's bullshit. It's a waste of time. For um, sure. But I guess the reason why I became a – or wanted to become a personal trainer is because I like self-development as a whole. But what I like more than even strengthening the body is strengthening the mind. How do you strengthen the mind? Through physical pain. That's one way. Through studying. That's another way. Uh, And through writing and being creative. I think those three things and meditation. And I do three of those four. (laughs) Yeah, and that's that's how you build strong mentality. And um, I think I'd rather go in that direction I want to create well-rounded human beings and I'm still kind of, I think too early in my path to understand what I need to do to get to that. Right. But I know it's along the lines of developing people. That's what I want to do. So and the podcast plays into that. Yeah. It's a yeah. creative role that it, it's a creative outlet. It allows you to kind of free flow thoughts and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. If, if I was five years younger, I would wish that I could listen to somebody that was five years older than me painting perspective on how I should have acted or should have been or what I would have done differently. And that's where my first podcast came into play. That's what I wanted it to be. Well, and you kind of have that now with me. Yeah. Because I'm... I'm what like six years older than seven you? seven yeah so yeah i mean right and when you look at school age is that's not much right yeah that's the difference between fucking what like kindergarten and third grade right fourth grade maybe but when you talk about adult world seven years that's that's some fucking time yeah, that is some time. Because time moves a lot quicker when you're like grinding and trying to live and. Right. Yeah, I, I mean it's it, that seven years is time. Yeah. Like I I've said it on previous podcasts, but you guys haven't heard it if you're just barely turning tuning in. Um. My my dad asked, like, sorry, Chris. He asked my 96-year-old grandmother, great-grandmother, actually, at the time, what would it be like to be 60 again? Mm -hmm. 
And she said, to be that naive? No. Yeah. wonder what she meant by that. She had 36 years of growing in between being 60. Yeah. And 96. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine you as a, what, 24-year-old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caden, would you like to be one year old again? No. You want to know why? I'd lose all my control. And that's probably what she meant. Yeah. To be that naive. Now, if I could... Okay, let's say I go to 50... And they're like, hey, would you like to be 25 again and you can have the knowledge that you have now? That's different. It is different, but who would reset the clock? I mean, who would, who in their right mind would say, yeah, I'd be 25 again if I forgot everything I learned? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back three years. No. No. Three years would suck. I, was, I feel like I'm a different person than when I started in the security field than where I am now. I yes. feel com- I feel like a different person. I feel more confident. I feel, uh, I just feel better. And, and that's that's the thing is like, uh, I think my dad was asking that question from a physical perspective. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the response he got was from a mental perspective. Yeah, no, I get that. I understand that. And th- that to me spoke volumes. I'm like, holy shit! There's so much growing. That happens yeah. all the fucking time. Right. Tomorrow, you're going to wake up for better or worse with more knowledge than when you woke up today. Right. And it's even better. Everyone says the world's going to, to shit. Right now, we live in an amazing time. We have access to as much information as you possibly could that our parents or grandparents never had access to we can learn more now in a year than probably our parents learned over a 10-year period yeah just by going just by being connected into this amazing thing that has all the information in the world apparently i can contact nicholas directly nicholas note that nicholas is English route. In route and may not be able to answer immediately. Okay. Um, Well, there's a little tracker, so at least we can see where he's at. Yeah. It's like he's still in the mall parking lot. Yeah, he just barely picked it up. Cup bop. Cup bop. Deliver ASAP to me. Leave by my doorstep or or in my lobby. You have a lobby? I don't have a lobby, no. Okay. I could turn that little um, front porch into one, I guess. little vestibule of some kind. Yeah. You could. Uh, are we paused? We're nope. still going? No, nope, we're Sweet. still going. Uh, <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, we just recorded that that whole looking up where the food was. Um, yeah. Fuck, dude. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. But to even go back two years ago, mm-hmm. I look at that. 2018, 
at this time, I was still trying to get into nursing school. I was fin- finishing up general eds at Salt Lake Com- Community College. Yeah. I was working in a job that I absolutely hated. Two years. This time. Two years ago. I was working for Vasa Fitness, talking to executives, and doing work while going to a poolside and sitting there on a laptop and just doing work. Every, every single day, I would just sit by the pool and do work. Magical. It was awesome. It was amazing. It was so much fun. I did, even Did you get like laid off or something? Yeah, there? I got fired from that. Oh, fired? Yeah. What happened was uh, Diana. Hi, Diana. Um, so our job was to sell bulk memberships to companies. Okay. I wanted to do it through social media. That was my thing. I increased. So I, I did all of the social media stuff. And, and that's going to be a, such a huge marketing thing coming up. And I like, funneled, it already is. I funneled all these calls. I'm not even kidding. Probably 150, 200 calls a month. I funneled to that front desk. Who did they get sent to? Diana. She reaped the benefits from my work. And it happened constantly. And when I reached out to the CEO, the CEO knew my name. He knew me. I met him twice. Okay. He gave me his personal cell phone number. Diana didn't like that. She didn't meet him once. Well, uh, anyways, long story short, they hire two other people, which I find out are related to them. They're like their nephews or something. Nepotism. Okay. And then I get fired and they're like, you're just not a good fit for this. So then I take all the information from the social media stuff, send it to Rich, CEO of Vasa. And I'm like, hey, I don't plan on doing this from me or doing anything with this or suing or anything. But I just want to let you know the work that I did and how much money I made you. The amount of money I made that company was disgusting. The amount of money they ripped me off through commission was disgusting. I got ripped off probably $80,000 of commission. Really? Taken away like that. Because Diana's like, well, he doesn't go into businesses and try to sell. It's like, don't be mad because I'm a better salesperson than you because I don't have to make and, calls. And social media marketing is like, that's the way to do it now. Yeah. And it's going to continue to be that way. Yeah, and they didn't it, want to do social. They it, were, it's crazy. Their idea was let's reach out to a vice president or a CEO and be like, you can provide your employees free gym memberships and your company has to pay for it. My idea was to, okay, let's subdivide social media into Instagram, Snapchat, target the people that work for the companies and make ads saying your employer owes you this. Because if you get the millennial generation behind the idea that they're entitled to something, they're going to reach out to their managers. Well, and it's it's not just that. You also reach out to the managers and you say, hey, um, for instance, uh, health insurance expenses, right? Yeah. A lot of employers out there help pay 50%, maybe a little more, of health insurance policies. Now, if you have a program in place that's a fraction of the cost that allows your employees to be healthier mm-hmm. and reduces your health insurance costs out of pocket for you to help maintain benefits for your employees. Yeah. 
Right. Like, you know, I could spend $5,000 a month providing 50% of the cost of my employees' health insurance benefits just paying for it. Or I can make all of my employees healthier on average by giving them a free gym gym membership for $1,700 a month. Right. And reduce my health out-of-pocket health insurance costs by $3,000 a month. Yep. Now I'm at $3,700 a month versus $5,000. And you're thinking along the same lines I was thinking. And her idea was, no, that's stupid. That's a dumb thing to say. Uh, but that's the truth. It is the truth. But she... And I think she envied it a little bit. Because have you ever gone after um, health or life insurance on your own? Oh, yeah. It's very expensive. And they do a blood work. I, I don't know since Obamacare came out, but like my first health insurance and life insurance policy, which is very sketchy by the way, cause my mom took it out on me and I was like, what the fuck? I'm only 17. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you planning on having something happen? Right. Uh, but they take your blood work. They, they look at your overall health. How often do you exercise a week? Do you smoke? You know, like, do any pre-existing conditions, blah, 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 blah. If you can do something as a company to reduce that. Right. If you're helping pay for your employee's health insurance, then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was my argument. I could have seen, if I would have still been in that position to this day, I would have seeked a partnership with Whoop. I would have tried to make a strategic partnership there. I almost made a national partnership with Havana Havana Insurance. Okay. Hav- is that what it's called? It's uh, it's nationwide. It starts uh, with an H. I know H. what you're talking about. Yeah. There okay. was a guy named Gustavo that I was working on a national partnership. My commission would have been about $80,000. He's coming up I215 right now. So I would have been written a check. He's driving through an apartment. Like he is he doesn't That guy don't give a fuck. Yeah, I I got ripped off of an $80,000 one-time paycheck. A check for $80,000 was taken away from me and put back into the house, which goes to the head of the department, Diana. So, and you know what she hated me for? What? She wanted to be a secretive department where they weren't bothered and they didn't make a lot of noise so that we weren't expected of much. I wanted to raise our numbers to the roof so that we were the best department in the fucking company. And, and I mean, it, it looks like, to me, not looks like, but it sounds like you were going after Gold's Gym status. I was going like after... Like 90s Gold Gym status. I was going after the CEO is going to know our department because we're going to make him so much fucking money. Her idea was we're going to continue to do what we do so that I can go and play tennis in the day. And we started making ripples. Rich knew about our department. He started wanting to expand. I get fired. Yeah. So thanks, Diana. I hope you're doing real well. Um, I've seen you once since. Really? Where'd you run into her? I started driving her brand new Jeep, whatever the hell. And uh, That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, for 
for for me, it's it sounds like you were really trying to press the idea of being a '90s level, late '90s level Gold's Gym. I was trying to push gym. I was trying to make CEOs buy gym memberships. Yeah, and Gold's Gym did that. Every Vasa in this county. Yeah. Used to be a Gold's Gym. Right. All Every nine, single. 19 of them. There was 19 of them. They were all owned by one guy. Vasa bought all those out. Now Vasa's in countless states. Um, I know I've attributed a lot of social media infrastructure to that company and didn't take credit for it. But the thing is, I am aware how much impact I made at that company. And for me, that's enough. Because I can do that again easily. Yeah. And just recently, they took the account from me. I got a request from the from Diana actually asking to take ownership of the account that I generated 300,000, 400,000 clicks from. Did you relinquish it? Yeah, I let her have it. I wanted them to take it. I, I reached out to the uh, director of social media or uh, director of marketing and said, please take this from me. I don't want to get sued. Then I start getting messages saying, you're going to get sued if you don't give it to us. Then I message Rich, the CEO, and say, hey, tell somebody to take this from me. You can't sue me if you won't take it. It was a big, it was crap. It was a big thing. So, anyways. Our our order will arrive soon, apparently. (laughs) So, we're going to pause for a minute. Here he comes. He is. Hey! Are you <laughs> Are you guys ready to listen to us eat? Cuz that's what's going to happen. Oh, you're doing that? I'm not doing that. I'm not disrespectful. I don't give a shit. Okay. You can listen to me eat. I'll pause it for Caden's sake. So, um we're back from eating. I ate quite a bit faster than Caden did. He did get a spicier selection than me he said he needed to go get more tissues or napkins or whatever but uh there might have been a slight mumble that you guys heard before we went to break and that was him just saying like there's going to be a lot of dead air because we'll be eating and i'm done eating now so you guys get to listen to me Caden mildly regrets his decision to get the eight. Oh, that was great. Is good. Yeah. Um. We now find ourselves out of ginger beer, but not not vodka. So I do like eating really spicy food because it makes me not want to eat as much. Yeah. Yeah. And then it correlates pain with heating. <laughs> I don't know, man. Cup bop, like, fuck, I could do cup bop all day, every day. Then you got to up the spiciness. Yeah. But the fact that I I've only... I will not eat now for a week. <laughs> I doubt that. But the fact that I've uh, only eaten cup bop once in the last month and a half, like... God, I don't know how Koreans aren't, unless this is like Americanized Korean barbecue. I don't know how it they're is. not fat as fuck, you know? Yeah. 
because they it's because they this is even a 10 for a korean is nothing it's nothing the trick is make it as spicy as possible oh my god it's coming back (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) making it as spicy as possible makes you eat way less you think yeah i know the release of capsaicin triggers a dopamine release that makes you more satisfied with a smaller amount of food. <gasps> you're you're having a hard time breathing. It's hard, dude. dude. Are you having an allergic reaction right now? No, it's Do I need spicy. to get an EpiPen? It's really spicy. It's not in my throat. It's in my mouth. Because <sighs> uh, I selected the six, <laughs> and you were like, I want 7.5, and I selected 7.5, and you said, no, make that an eight. Yeah, because 7.5 is not enough. The eight's enough. And I've let my tolerance decrease. Haven't had a lot of spicy food. You know what I'm going to do? What? Now that I'm working, I'm going to ship these up to Idaho uh, at nines. You're going to ship them? Yeah. Overnight. I think the noodles would get hard. Holy fuck. (sighs) That or I'll drive them up once a week. I don't know. I don't even know. Do we have it? Do we have it? Let me see. In in Rigby, a cup box? Not 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 in Rigby. I'll tell you that much. What's the closest like large town to Rigby? Idaho Falls. It's about two hundred thousand, which is about the size of Salt Lake City proper. Which is how far away? Fifteen miles. So not far. No. It's about as far from here to downtown Salt Lake. Okay. So you're basically <sighs> in a suburb of Idaho, Idaho Falls. Kinda. That well, that's yeah. what's that's gonna closest, happen. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. They have one in Meriden, Utah, which I think is close to where the earthquake happened. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You guys should really see this. He's struggling, man. It's, He's been done eating for like a few minutes now. and It like creeps back up. I love it. I fucking love it. My my wife actually uh, just showed me off to her parents, which made me feel like a piece of shit for picking this up off the front porch. But uh, like, she's like, oh, Dallas has been doing this diet thing. He's lost 20 pounds. Take off your jacket. <laughs> show them and I took off my jacket and they're like wow you've lost a lot of weight congratulations and I just like stuffed my face full of rice sweet potatoes deep fried chicken and spices well, that's fine I've been doing that I've been eating pizzas and whatnot. my weight's still been going down so keto's not what it's about it's a starting point oh for sure but <sighs> still like I, I don't know like I I don't think I've been with I've I've only been with it for about uh, even now less than a month and I've seen a lot of progress on it as far as my weight's concerned I think most of that honestly like some of it is the conversion of metabolism to like using a fat source versus like carbohydrates yeah but the other part of it I think is the fact that I I genuinely eat less. Yeah. I cannot, outside of today, 
usually consume more than 11, 1,200 calories because I'm full. Yeah. I'm not hungry. You know, you probably feel the same breaking keto as I do the same if I eat breakfast. Because I've been intermittent fasting for like five years. I don't eat breakfast. Never been a breakfast person. Well, I used to be a breakfast person. And then I changed to intermittent fasting and I don't eat until like 3 p.m. There's a there's exceptions. Some days I'll make exceptions. But for the most part, I've been intermittent fasting for five years. And You sound super nasally. Is your nose running? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, continue with the intermittent. Get an eight tomorrow. I'm telling you, man, it's hot. Dude, I if I'm helping you drive to Idaho, I'm not doing an eight. I'm doing like a four. I don't want to be going down the 15 and be like, oh, shit. I'm going to shit my pants if I don't find a fucking bathroom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It's a real trip. I'm almost at that psychedelic experience now. At a 10, I had the psychedelic experience <laughs> where you, when people say something, it's like you say what? And you hear yourself echo. It's like, what, what, what? <laughs> you're like what did you say and then you sit there and you're like did he just say that like 10 seconds ago or was that 10 minutes ago it's weird that's how 10 is yeah when you come back to salt lake Whew. when you come back to salt lake yeah i'll get a 10 oh dude right in front of you hold <laughs> me to it i'm telling you it's bad <laughs> it's so bad I like. I'll 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 do it though. I I've I've already committed in front of a bunch of people. I'll do a ten. Okay. It's, it's like, so bad. Win, lose, or draw, dude. Like I will. I'll do a ten. It's right? not even enjoyable at that point. I mean, it's I'll do enjoy- it in front of a mic. I'll do it in front of a camera if we want to put it up. You developed a new sense of normal. So when you eat, you get you go through this. You go through a few stages. You go through. Oh my God! This is so hot. Then you go to, holy fuck, I can't do this. <laughs> and then you get to, the pain is so strong that I'm going to have to normalize it. And then it becomes normalized. And then you just have this lightheaded, like this enlightened feel. So, so I will say this, though. When you uh, move back and I do the 10, yeah, I'm either going to have to be in my house or in your house. So we can record it for the podcast. I don't care. But... Okay. 100% I will need access to a bathroom really fucking quick. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to lie, dude. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but spicy stuff with my bowels, 30 minutes, and I'm fucking like, I'm. it's a photo finish. Really? Yeah. Oof. That's why every time you and I went to cut Bob yeah. while you were living with me, we'd come straight back here. Makes sense. Because I'd have a turtle head poking out, dude. Well, I normally have that problem too, but I take this supplement and it counteracts that. And uh, I highly recommend it. I can't tell you what it's called right now because I don't remember. Um, But go ahead and pick some up. Whatever it's called. Yeah. Pick it up. It is for digestion support. Like probiotics? It's not a probiotic. It's It's a vitamin. Hmm. And it works wonders. But that, yeah. I oh. took that and activated charcoal one time because I thought I poisoned myself. 
And uh, <laughs> how did you poison yourself? I don't remember. I remember I felt like I was going to die, though. Oh, I remember what it was. I uh, I was cleaning the apartment, and uh, I at the time I was smoking a lot of weed, so I did the dab stuff. Yeah. And I was cleaning the apartment, so I was smelling pine saw all day. But I felt normal until I smoked the dab. And I realized that I'd been cleaning with chemicals all day and there were chemicals on my fingers and I used put the dab in my fingers and then put it down and inhaled that. Yeah. And I remember taking the dog on the walk and he would run out in front of me and it would be like... I was like, oh my God, we need to go inside right now. I don't care if the dog pisses all over. We need to go inside right now. And I was hyperventilating. I thought I was straight up going to die. I thought I was going to die. And then I, then I took the activated charcoal and whatever that stuff is, and it went away. So I'm going to say this. If you inhaled it, activated charcoal is going to do nothing. I know, but I felt that that made sense in my head. It made me feel better. <clears throat> Same with a multivitamin. Yeah. You're looking at a four-hour like. It's not process. a multivitamin. Not a multivitamin. What, whatever it is. You're still looking at like a minimum of 45 minutes yeah. until it gets starts to be processed and absorbed. If I would have taken a 5-HTP, that would have made me feel better. But I didn't know about that substance at that point. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, if you inhale something, activated charcoal and anything that you take in through your GI tract is going to not help at all. Yeah. Well... That, that's and the it reason, didn't. It didn't. That's the reason why cigarettes are so effective at <clears throat> getting people addicted to them. Same with vaping. Is uh, It's a direct input into your bloodstream. You inhale it. It sits in, in your lungs. Your, your blood's doing that barrier-to-barrier exchange right there where, like, if you ingest something— there's like this whole like mechanical and chemical breakdown that has to take place. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you probably just took too large of a hit. No, it was definitely, it was, I took the hit, a normal hit and it made me aware of my conscious feeling of what the chemicals were making me feel. But I was only, I was, I was, I didn't realize like sometimes you smell chemicals and you're like, doesn't Whatever. smell good or I feel a little bit weird, but it's fine. But right. when you take in weed, it makes you really, really aware of how you're feeling. So then it's like, I don't feel right. I don't feel right. Yeah. And <clears throat> again, I'll throw this out there because we're basically starting anew. Uh, I can 100% attest that in my life, I have never taken any illicit substance no no xanax nope really nothing i've only had xanax a couple times and it was uh it's pretty magical i i i literally the only thing i've taken is anything that's prescribed to me i was prescribed adderall wasn't really my thing i got prescribed percocet one time i took it the prescription ran out I stopped taking it. I moved on with my life. So you've never had a hydrocodone? Nope. 
Not even like through IV well, drip. I mean, Percocet, Percocet's hydrocodone. So did you have that euphoric like, oh, like that? Yeah, of course. That but warmth. I was prescribed it at the right. time. Right. Have you now? Let me ask you this: Have you ever experienced that feeling not being on a drug, like when you wake up in the morning? When I'm climbing. When you're cl- okay, you experience it while you're climbing. Yes. But I mean that that sense of like, oh, it's just busted or not. I can't move. Floating. Uh, like that feeling. When I complete a difficult climb, yeah, yes. One time I woke up. I just woke up, and I remember staring at the corner and seeing the sunlight, and I was like, "Wow, look at that sun!" And then I just felt like this overwhelming. Was this while you were living here? No. Okay. I just don't want you busting nuts in my sheets. No, it wasn't I'm like just that. Kidding. It was like I felt like I was floating. I felt like I was a hundred percent floating. I felt like there was nothing in, no heaviness in my head. Right. I just felt blissful, and okay. I felt warm, like my whole body, like like something, just a big hug. But my whole body was warm. I had no care in the world, and I remember it coming back and like sitting down and being like, "Whoa!" Uh, that's how I felt on Percocet. But again, at the time, I was prescri- prescribed the Percocet. I love that feeling. If I can find a natural way to get back to that that's not physically exerting, I would. <laughs> if I you bet don't you want can get the physical exertion, I bet you can get there through meditation, though, right? Probably. I want to get there because I've heard people say, "You need through, to read a series of three books." Okay. They're read, written by Ted Decker. It's called Saint Sinner, and I can't remember the third one. Soldier. No. No. Uh, but. He has stuff in that in there. It's they're novels, but he has stuff in there about about that. Like that's related to that. I'm so like oh. meditation to the point where you alter the temperature around you and stuff like that. I'm a big believer that, and even if you're not a religious person, I'm a big believer that the more you participate in the material world, the more it disconnects you from the spiritual world. And when I say that, I mean the spiritual world is the divine inner bliss that you can achieve through meditation or self-reflection or whatever. Well, um, and I I feel like there also is a difference between spirituality and um, religiosity. I agree. I would 100% agree with that. Uh, you know, if you're religious, you're you're prescribing to a an, a theology, right. a specific theology. If you're spiritual, you're just kind of trying to make yourself in in communion and interconnected with the shit around you. Right. And that's kind of Ted Decker. I will I will throw this out. Uh he's a Christian fiction novelist. A lot of his stuff has heavy Christian undertones to it. Some of the best books I've ever read, though, and they parallel that idea of like spiritualism versus uh, um, what is it called? I guess materialism. Yeah. And uh, like Saint, Saint is one of the best books I've ever read. Mm. Um, and then he has Red, Black, and White. Um. Also, very good texts. He's a good author, 
I just don't agree with his theology. Okay. And once you pick up on that theology, you're like, oh, okay, I see this, 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 this. But if you can stay away from that, kind of like with Tolkien, if you can stay away from the Christianity aspect, they're they're good stories. See, I don't mind it. I don't. There's nothing in my head that says Christians are dumb or Arabs are dumb or. I don't think they're dumb. Yeah, I I don't think I don't subscribe to the idea of like this person believes this, therefore they're therefore they're not they haven't learned enough yet. Because if I'm doing that, I'm wasting my energy saying that they're wrong rather than they they are perceiving themselves as just being happy. And for me, every religion in the world has common ground somewhere. Yeah, um, I've actually heard this. Uh, you look at it like a pie, okay? Yeah. And there's slices of the pie, and each slice represents an elig- a religion. Um, Hinduism, Christianity, Buddhism, you know, blah, 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 blah. The s- closer you get to the center of that pie, the more narrow it the slices become, the more in common each of those religions become. That's when you get out to the outer edges, that yeah. they're all separated. Right. And and I can agree with that. But my issue was, uh, uh, it's no secret of mine. I used to be a very, very religious person, very devout Lutheran, very evangelical, like non-apologetic for my faith. But when I see that start to come across in other media, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I enjoy this, this book, um, but I'm seeing this other aspect to it. It's like, I don't want to be aware of the other aspect to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Tolkien, prime example. Tolkien was a very, very devout Christian guy. He wrote The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly, The Lord of the Rings, and I'm not going to say this is fact, it's just what I've heard, but supposedly it's uh, a parallel, like Frodo is Christ, the ring is sin, he's carrying it to Mount Doom to destroy sin, and blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't come across in the story. Yeah. Right? Right. Ted Decker, excellent novelist. Excellent novelist. Right. But his, like, religious undertones come across. And that's where my issue is. Right. And it's just interpretation. It's interpretation of what religious things mean because Lord of the Rings is a similar comparison as to what the Bible was formulated to be or modern Christianity into what we know it. It's a story that portrays experiences in the end. Christianity. A lot of it is about sacrifice and it's about belief. If you were to narrow it down to simple, simple, fundamental. And and that's what I was saying with the pie analogy. Yeah. Or synonym or whatever is right. When you get to the core, it's all very similar. You know, in Buddhism, in order to achieve enlightenment, you basically have to s- sacrifice your worldly life in the pursuit of it. You have to meditate. You have to focus. You have to 
yeah. you know, do all this stuff. Same with Islam, you know. And the interesting thing about those extreme, like when it's extreme separating from material, there are certain experiences that I've had that are very material experiences that have ultimately led to greater perspective in my outlook on what I think is right and wrong. Yes. My own personal moral compass, not a moral compass set by a church, but I feel personally, if I don't experience material, how do I know? Yeah. Um, And I know a lot of people in various religions that say, I'm never going to do this because, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, well, it's like that thing I was telling you about earlier today, the uh, conversion therapy, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched a movie last night and it was about a, a, a girl. Her name's Alex Cooper. Um, came out to her parents who were part of the LDS church. It's written in the synopsis, so I don't have to worry about that. And they, they sent her to, like, a conversion therapy house thing in southern Utah. And everything they did to her was pretty much tantamount to torture. Mm. And, you know, if, if you go back to the core of LDS belief, Catholic belief, evangelical belief, Buddhism, Hinduism... Islam, whatever, it's what you're saying. It's like you get you get closer to that center, and it's it's more about like community and sacrifice versus these like extreme ideals. And uh, I forget where I was going with this, but either way, I, I what I guess I'm trying to say is I agree with you to to an extent. I agree with you. Because you have to look at those alterations and make adjustments. Yeah. And realize that what you're seeing isn't necessarily everyone and it's not necessarily the actual core values. Right? Yeah. It's it's the same thing with the idea of being poor and being rich. A lot of rich people will say, I've been poor and I've been rich and I choose rich every time. But without the perspective of being poor they missed a huge perspective throughout their life. For sure. And I feel the same way with a lot of things on this planet. It's like you can't tell me the people that bother me in religion that say my way's better. Well, have you tried the other way? Well, no. Then how can you be sure that your compass is properly calibrated? Okay. If, if you haven't been exposed to both sides. And that's just sycophants and like being zealous uh they they've bought the farm on it basically like hook line and sinker uh and and that was me for a long time for a very long time i was i was that guy Mm -hmm. you know i remember when i thought praying actually did something and it definitely does and i'll challenge you on this Praying is a, a form of affirmation. It's a form of if I say, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for this. It is reaffirming to your subconscious mind to think of positive things. To me, that's no 
to me, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about supplication. Like, give me, an, give me an example. So, uh, the way they taught it to us was uh, through the book of Acts, you being used as an acronym. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, so, uh, the, let's go here, space, here, uh, here we go, this, whatever, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. So, this is how I was taught to pray, Mm -hmm. literally, this is how I was taught to pray. Adoration. God, you are the best thing ever. You are the most, like, you you are the most correct, perfect thing uh-huh. in this universe. Yeah. Confession. I am sorry that I'm a sinner because I've had premarital sex or I do drugs or fucking I, I stole money from my mom, whatever. Thanksgiving, thank you for giving for forgiving me, and thank you for the life I have now. Thank you for the fact that I have a house so to live in and a roof over my head and food to eat. Supplication. After all of that, God, this is what I need your help with. Help me defeat this cancer. Help me get this job. Help me do this. Help me do that. Okay. Yeah. This this was honestly how I was taught to pray, growing up. Yeah. And this is why I say like when I refer to like back when I thought prayer actually did something, mm-hmm. and I look back at this, you're talking about the affirmation com uh, part of it, yeah, which is like the uh, Thanksgiving part. Well, it's all of it. I mean, you look at adoration. Praise the Lord. You can you can replace things in here. Praise yourself. Praise the universe. Praise energy for being awesome. That's reaffirming to yourself, like telling yourself you're good. Like you you are. It's it's affirming that you approve of yourself. Confession, admitting things that you believe in your compass to be right or wrong. Right and wrong is perspective. Ben and I talked about this from NTO. The difference between right and wrong is different between people with perspective. Admitting to yourself. Do you think he's working tonight? I don't know. Admitting to yourself that you were wrong about something is powerful because it's admitting. It's it's having a admission of saying, I know I did this wrong. I want to fix this. So I think, and then Thanksgiving, things you're thankful for, reaffirming things you're thankful for to take your mind into a more positive light and asking the universe for things. When I did the podcast and I used to do yoga, we were taught to speak to the universe. And it was this thing of being like, I like, I would just, I remember thinking like, okay, universe, 
if I'm supposed to be doing this podcast thing, give me a sign. And the, and Adam from Florida reached out to me and said, Hey, I listened to this and it made a big difference in this. Okay. So that's where it was like, okay, energy that I put out words that I say, even if it's not words to nobody. Cause I mean, you can, you, you can ask the, the way you really ask the universe for something is by putting real energy out there. And that means putting your voice out there, talking to other people, but making it known that you want something. If I tell you that I want to be at this position and I tell everybody like, I want to make this much money, this much money, this much money. I am putting out that energy to other little nodes that may subconsciously help me carry that forward. I don't know how it's going to work now, uh, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Okay. But for me, I think this really comes back to a point of I fucking drank the Kool-Aid, man. Yeah. I was 100% Jonestowned into this shit. Like, Uh I would have been willing to fucking die. Literally, like, sacrificially give up my life. Yeah. For what I thought back then. Yeah. And that to me is more different than just like putting vibes out there. To me that was like I was I I gave up a lot of my free will and thought. This. In in what way, free will and thought? Uh, there was a lot of things that like I would have liked to do, um, such as uh, going in, uh, going for instance, and this is gonna sound fucking ridiculous to people, but going to concerts with certain people. Going to concert, certain concerts or events or whatever, that it's like, how is God going to look on this? Versus, is this something I want to do and will it affect my life drastically? No. Yeah. The reason I didn't drink and at all until I was like pretty much 25 was the same thing. How is God going to look at this versus how, like, how is this truly going to affect me? Um, and none of it truly affects you. I could have gone to those various different concerts or, you know, had a few drinks before I turned 25. I, you, you know, just, it, it's it's stuff like that. And that's that's where I get hung up because my perspective of it is like religiosity as a whole in my mind is completely it's a horrible thing it's a horrible horrible thing it keeps people from exploring who they are and then maybe it's a subconscious thing but then I go and I search out I I wouldn't say I search out specifically but I, I go and I find things that double down on that bias 
like the thing I watched last night. This girl comes out to her super religious parents. I'm gay. And it's like because of their faith and their belief that like there's this fucking higher power and kingdom out there. Yeah. They basically sent sent her off to a fucking concentration camp. You know? Right. And I have a hard time with that because I look back at myself less than 10 years ago and I'm like, that would have been me. I would have done that to my kid. Yeah. And that's not fucking cool at all. I want to find these parents and kick their ass, dude. Well, it's different perspective. They've had a different perspective their entire life. And, and it's not, I, I don't, I, I, I am here saying right now, for better or worse, it's the wrong one. Well, I would rather everybody... I would I would rather that sort of thing happen than for everybody to be exactly the same. I'm not saying what they're doing is right by any means. However, if everybody thought and acted exactly the same... Oh, I'm not talking about an equilibrium sort of deal. Here. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, religion fucked my life hmm. for probably 15 years and if i had been able to even conceive a different perspective i think i would have grown a lot more as a person i'd be a lot further along um emotionally um and philosophically than i am now okay i'm i'm pretty happy the way i grew up even though i'm not in the same even though i don't identify as lds anymore i'm super glad that I grew up in that situation because it taught me life is more about doing things you don't want than it is about doing things you want to do. Right. Because doing things you don't want to do is going to strengthen your character and it's going to make you stand out from everyone else. I don't want to relate to other people. And the fact of the matter is I don't need to get reaffirmed my own beliefs from other people. I don't need to seek validation. I don't need to go to somebody and be like, you know, Marcus said this, this, this about me. I think he feels this, this, this. Don't you agree with me? I don't need anyone to agree with me. Okay. I'm able to formulate my own opinion, and I'm able to have the conviction to stick with my own opinion unless somebody is willing to counter that. But for me, I don't need to be validated by going to events or going to raves or going to things to make me feel validated as an individual among people like normal. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I never had, I, I'm grateful the way I grew up because it never gave me the sense of, I need to act like everyone else for me to feel normal. Okay. I, I, I feel like I understand what you're saying mm -hmm. and I don't know if, you're saying it to counteract what I was saying? Mm -mm. No? Okay. No. Because I was going to say... Just I, my I, perspective. Okay, because I was going to say, I never felt that way. Okay? <coughs> like, 10 years ago and today, do you want to go to a rave? No. Yeah. Absolutely not. Do you want to go to a Lamb of God concert? Sure. See, and I think ra raves are more of the mainstream because not a lot of kids my age go to concerts now. It's like straight raves. That's the... But that's not me. Like, right. that's not the generation I grew up in. Right. So it, I'm saying raves for me now would be like concerts for you back in the day. Okay. I just never really had 
for me personally, never had the drive to go to them. See, and and I feel like there's like a difference between personal drive and what you feel on an, on a personal level, mm-hmm. and the way you interact with your environment and the outside world, as far as you're concerned, and feeling conviction because you've had this belief forced on you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of what I did back then was because I had this belief, a conviction, because of a, a belief that I was raised in. Yeah. And I was taught nothing different. And I didn't get to experiencing anything different. And it's like, it's the same issue that the Middle East has right now. Uh Oh, fuck, fuck those guys over there in Israel. Why? I don't know. Fuck them. All, just always. Just because yeah, 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 fuck yeah. them. Right. You know? Yep. And, and it's like, well, the, but, but why? Well, because they're, they're Jewish. That doesn't make sense. Right. And that's the world I was raised in. Right. Uh, to think of LDS people, to think of, uh, and basically anybody that wasn't evangelical or Lutheran, like that was my fucking thought process. Yeah, it's that everyone else is wrong. Yes, and they did the they yeah they did same same in our religion. And and I I cannot abide by that. Right, man. but like, I think I, I cannot do that. That can all be negated by saying i don't know where i learned this but it was basically to be critical of everything you're taught everything that's probably just personal growth man it could be but i i remember at a very young age being like well there's all these other religions why is this one like okay i remember thinking before i got into the conspiracies and stuff thinking okay in the perspective of somebody that we're at war with what do we look like to them and i would go down all these rabbit holes and thought process and right and i'm like in the end as humans we all want similar things we want a happy life we want to be provide for our families and we want peace for the most part right um and through various means and ways, we're all separated and told to hate each other. And the only way to solve the problems is to give them money. And um, that's not what it's about, man. And I, I do feel people for the bad that I do feel bad for people that truly believe they need to pay money in order to talk, have somebody talk to God for them. And like, or, or the, the j- that they have to do it to make up for something or they have to do it to make up for something. If you, but if you're a Christian, first of all, the idea in Catholicism that you have to go into a booth and ask for forgiveness goes against Christianity as it is already. The ability to have a direct relationship in the Christian faith, that's like huge. You should be able to have a direct relationship. You don't have to go through some liaison and beg for forgiveness. If you, if you're Christian, you believe that Jesus already died for your sins, all of them. So if that's the case, why do you have to ask for forgiveness? If it's already been done as long as, and, and that's where I transitioned originally from, uh, LDS Mormonism to 
like born again Christian, basically believing if you believe in Jesus, you're good. That's it. That's all you got to do. And then it progressed into that where it got more symbolic. And but anyways, it basically comes down to yeah. I digress. I always thought about it that way. It's like yeah. If he died for all his sins, why do I have to ask him to forget? He already died for him. I just got to believe he did that. That's it. That's that's all born again Christians believe. Uh, yeah, and you know, I I don't know, man. Um, uh, for for me, it's it, I I feel like it's a lot more complex because that's the environment I was raised in, and uh, it was very much like I remember sitting there and praying at times pleading fucking begging mm-hmm. the deity I believed in at the time to save my friends from di- damnation to change their lives to turn them around with tears in my eyes dude mm-hmm. like no bullshit yeah and it's like well that's that's great and all but did it accomplish anything no and really what did it do it made me a lot more anxious and a lot more like fearful of everything else that was going on around me than I needed to be. And it didn't allow me to open my perspective and accept people for who they were mm. as people at, at that moment in that time, which is what it's really about, right? Like, Aaron, I gave him a chance. Yeah. I'm going to let you crash here for a week or two. Find your bearings, get out, and he was making no forward progress. Um, Christian Dallas, like hardcore Christian Dallas back then, would have been like, that guy's a drug addict. He's not coming into my house. Hmm. Period. Okay. I don't want to associate with him. I don't want to talk to him. He's unclean. He's fucking, you know... So so that's where I'm coming from, which is probably more of where, like, the actual Jesus was coming from is, like, accept people, blah, blah, blah. But the way I was raised in the Christian ideology and faith was, like— Judgmental. Like, there's that verse. It's like, if, if your left hand is doing something that your right hand is unaware of, cut— uh, or, like, that's causing your right hand to sin, cut it off and cast it away from you. Mm. That's how I was raised. Oh, that guy's on drugs? Or that guy smokes a little weed on the weekends? Fuck him. Not in my life anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's my big hang-up. That's my big hang-up, man. That's fair. I, uh... Yeah, it's extremes with anything, I guess. Uh, it, it's it's taking anything to an extreme. That's the problem. Like I, my whole perspective changed when I had that dream at Bernie Sanders' house, 
during the 2016 election. It was probably like 2015 when I had the dream where I went. Like, I truly believed I looked in the eye of the universe or something. It was so, so weird because I was at Bernie Sanders' house. (laughs) And we were sitting in Bernie Sanders' house, <laughs> and he was. We've got to reduce the healthcare costs. No, there was none of that talk. <laughs> it was. I just remember feeling like in a movie, like a 1940s or 50s movie, where okay. everyone's happy, and then somebody grabs me on the leg, and I look at them, and I just. It's Joe Biden. It was. <laughs> it was in their eyes. I. It, it was like absorbing. But anyways. I got the Rona. Uh, I learned things that day. <laughs> I learned about things. Joe Biden specifically. Nope. <laughs> if you want to take it there, that's fine. But <laughs> I I changed that day, and for the better. Your hair smells so nice. And the things I learned uh, forever changed my perspective of the world. So I guess I'm very set in that way now because I have perspective that I didn't have before from that dream. Good. And it was similar from. To the dream where the the nuke went off, it was okay. very similar. It was it was like okay. the vibe was the same. There Ugh. was a connection there. So no Joe Biden's though, huh? No, he's a fool. No, no Joe Biden's smelling your hair. Or? No, there was no Joe Biden smelling my hair. Okay, that's good to know. Fuck, uh, fuck, 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 fuck. Fuck. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I'm not drunk at all anymore because of the spiciness. You know what? Like eating honestly helped my drunkenness. Really? It's fucking weird. I don't feel it at all. I I still feel a little bit tipsy, but not nearly on the level I was. Like not nearly. Yeah. And yeah, I mean... I don't know, man. Uh, we're coming up on three hours as per the huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Denver's listened to damn near everything we've put out, which I appreciate. Um, he's He might be, like, accounting for half of our damn listens at this point. Uh, Denver, if you're at this point in this podcast, this episode, uh, the deuce is what I'm going to call it. Uh, please feel free to continue to send us suggestions. Call me. Email us. CheapshotDiscussions at gmail.com uh, As of right now, the only thing we have in our inbox is from PayPal for Caden. So, that's fun. And that's nice. But yeah, you, I'm so you guys. glad my financial companies are so concerned about coronavirus for me. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's unreal. And you know what's funny about that? The the school I go to, the university I go to, had like this COVID nineteen coronavirus banner across the top for like three straight weeks. What we're doing, updates, blah blah blah. What we're doing to protect you. Yeah, and I got on there today. And they're pushing registration for summer semester and fall semester. Yeah. That banner, gone. Hmm. Nowhere in sight. 
It's fucking weird, man. It's all fake. Yeah. What's going on, Ooze? He said the coronavirus is fake. Of course he did. Ooze, I'm going to miss you, man. I want you here. I don't know if I'm going to let Peyton take you home with him. No. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, we'll start this up again next week. This has been the Deuce. Dallas and Caden. Email us at cheapshotdiscussions, gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Bye.